So what are your thoughts on like where the campaign currently sits? I mean, well, currently, I like I'm, where it's trying, going. I'm trying to fix a boat. Oh, yeah. I wonder, would Druidcraft technically allow me to assist you in that or no? Is that not for it? No. I don't remember. It depends. You could technically Druidcraft some vines and then have Vice oh. press the digitate them dry to create small bits of rope. Okay, I guess, I, yeah. Because I was wondering about that, because when he started fixing it, I'm like, I wonder if I have anything to assist with that. And I was like, I wonder if Druidcraft would do it, but I couldn't remember. Out of curiosity, if you have prestidigitation and use it on, can you use it to heat up the vine to make charcoal? Uh, I think you're able to heat and cool things. Well, you use it to heat things anyway. You use it to technically cook with, don't you? Yeah, warm, chill, or flavor up to one cubic foot of non-living material for one hour. Which is Maybe. incredibly vague. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I suppose I could continually heat it and heat it and heat it until it's hot. Right. Dehydrating it. You heat it to the point of dehydration. Should be fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why that could be a problem. By the way, we are hot, and cams are going on in five, four, three, two. Hot. Amazon. Yeah, I don't see why that would be an issue at all. No, not necessarily. And welcome back to Night Owl Nerds. Guys, Ooh. is it Saturday yet? I think it might be it Saturday. Is. I think it might be Saturday. At least for although, another hour. Although I was told that I slept through Saturday and it's currently Sunday. So Sunday. my entire sense of time is totally fucked. I'm upset, Gern. It's it's Don't definitely make him mad. it's definitely Saturday because I have something I need to say. Happy anniversary, babe. <laughs> Happy anniversary. <laughs> we uh got our engagement tattoos today. Aww. Five five years I... ago, I think so. Yeah, like he mentioned that last night, but you were away, <laughs> so he was like, "Oh, wait till he gets back," and then you never came back. And I'm like, oh, "It's okay, we'll tell him tomorrow." Five years ago, yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, we consummated the marriage like ten years ago, and we just got <laughs> anniversary like engagement tattoos five years ago. I don't know when we're actually going to tie the knot, but we wifeys. Yeah, we already tied the knot. Is that where we're calling it now? <laughs> Bear for performed that cer the shit out of that ceremony. He was like, Roof. <laughs> then he Roof. licked the licked the floor for like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the Andy, the Andy Fury's God King. Uh, yeah, there's that. Was. So, that being said, um, any major announcements for tonight before we jump into the game? Uh, I have one. Yes. 
I'm ready to play D and D. Are you though? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I am. Well, if if I you ask me if if I'm sure that I'm ready, I'm gonna say no and go change my shirt really quick. Your call. I just realized something. What's that? We've been streaming for over for almost half a year now. This is the first game stream I haven't worn a D&D themed t-shirt. Well, you are, but you'll need dark vision to read it. <sighs> True sight, actually. But yeah. Zandy just walked off. Let's start the game and kill off Vice. Well, there's a certain Toronto. There's a certain turtle in the party that seems to be really good at killing party members, so... Yeah, there's that. Alright. I'll wait for uh, Xander to get back, and then we'll... Uh... Oh, he pulled out the guns. Xandy, they didn't have guns in this time zone, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I have a sleeveless hoodie now. I don't know. I'm if I'm sorry. Proud of it. <laughs> he told been, me all about I've, it at I've work. I've been working out. <laughs> I don't believe you. Well, you can choose not to believe me, but the fact that my hoodie now has no sleeves says otherwise. It says that I flexed my biceps too hard this morning. Uh, <laughs> or had a, a seam cutter <laughs> like two days ago. Okay. That being said, are we ready to jump in? We are. All right. This was worth it for the bit. I'm sure it was. You got grave to laugh. All right. Let us continue with our main campaign. Fates. Flint. Last time, on Fate's Split, the party continues their journey, not necessarily sailing, but making their way across Glacius Lake towards the tower in the northwest corner. During their travels, late one night, after a couple of lucid dreams revelations had by Gurn and Selene separately, both pertaining to family and the connections that lie therein. As the sun began to, began to approach the horizon just before dawn, a massive serpentine creature writhed its way out of the bones on the, on the bottom of the lake, slithering up through the lake it attacked the party dealing significant damage but attracting the attention of other creatures upon that creature being felled by the party and now given a green light to swim into its territory a different creature a strange hybrid between bear and fish also swam in trying to take advantage of the weakened meals upon the boat during that strife their boat was damaged and the party left exhausted we now return 
and rejoin our party as Moss is attempting to make repairs to the boat. And the rest of the party is attempting to catch their breath. Gurn, you have just taken 1d4 emotional damage for attempting to spook Moss and succeeding and taking a hammer to the face. What would you all like to do? I fucking rolled a four. Please tell me that knocks you out. No. Oh, that'd be hilarious. My feelings are hurt. I'm going to bed. <laughs> knocks him out off the ship into the water. <laughs> In this moment, as the sun has finally breached the horizon, its bright yellow streaks moving across the sky and illuminating the valley in which this lake lies. What would you all like to do? Also, is going to keep fixing the boat. Okay. Due to the damage of the boat, compared to your preparedness, and loading replacement lumber, nails, and other supplies. You estimate that this these repairs to at minimum be sufficient and leak-proof will take you approximately two hours to complete. Okay. <clears throat> After, you know, getting started and then looking at everything, Moss is going to walk back up top I could use your help. Oh, fantastic. Vice will, like, push himself to his feet. <clears throat> what do you need help with? There's a bunch of water inside the boat. I was wondering if you could just get rid of it. I should be able to, yeah. Alright, you do that. I'm just gonna keep fixing it. Vice is going to give a salute real quick <laughs> and then follow him downstairs. Ugh, Sorry. Also, roll his eyes and chuckle. I'm just dying a little bit. It's all good. Oh. Ahem. <clears throat> DM, I'm going to cast Create or Destroy Water. Okay. Um, it allows me to create or destroy water up to 10 gallons. Mm -hmm. With the water in the boat, how much water is in the boat in gallons, roughly? 200. 200? Mm. <clears throat> okay. Um, the boat is large. The boat is fairly large. There's about six inches to a foot of water just kind of floating on the bottom of the lower decks. Okay. While 200 gallons sounds like a lot in volume, it's really not. No, I understand. Um, 
when I fell unconscious from being attacked by the bear trout, mm. um, did I drop Titanborn form? You did. Okay. Uh, give me a moment while I figure out what I need to do in order to get rid of that water. If you'd like to move on to someone else, then come back to me. All right. So as Vice tries to regain his bearings and figure out what he can do with what energy he has left to remove the water from the boat. Gurn, you've just been smacked in the face with a hammer, or you were smacked in the face with a hammer. Yeah, Gurn has uh, gotten up from the side of the boat, and uh, he's made his way towards the back, but he's not certain as to what he should do. Okay. So, he's just kind of walking around at the moment. Lucius, Celine, Crystal? Lucius is going to act upon an age-old soldier's motto that he has learned from generations of warriors. Sleep when you can. So he's going to find a comfortable place on the deck and take a nap an attempt for a long rest. Okay. So the sun has risen. There's a lot of movement on this small boat. And you're going to post up on the deck and try to take an, uh, an eight-hour nap. Yeah. If he's going to attempt it, if not, he ends up with a short one. We'll see how this works out. Because Moss is going to spend the next two hours hammering wood into the side of the boat. And that's why he's on the top deck, not in, underneath. Small boat. Sound travels. You ever had people doing construction on an adjacent apartment? Yes. Yeah. Celine and Crystal, what will you be doing? Crystal's gonna turn to Celine. So I'm like, are you feeling like any more okay than like a couple minutes ago? Well, I'm not actively bleeding like I was before, so that's definitely an improvement. I definitely don't feel as wiped out as before, so that, that definitely helps. I mean, like, it isn't great to get your blood everywhere. It could cause, like, an accident. Someone could, like, slip on it. Like, also, like, I guess it, it'll kind of be, like, harmful to you to have your own blood just actively pouring out. I will do better in the future to make sure that my blood is less messy and inconvenient. Yeah, like, I think everyone should try to do better. All we can hope for. Crystal, did you take any damage during those, those rounds of combat? Not a single point. <laughs> so, Celine, as she's saying this to you, you're looking at her, and, I mean, she's a little wet from the splashing. Yeah. But she's entirely untouched, like she didn't even contribute. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think I'm gonna go see if Moss needs any help. Okay, like, I guess have fun? Yeah. Can't imagine, like, you would. Well, if we're gonna go anywhere, we kind of need the boat to be in better shape than it is. Yeah, I guess we do. But, like, kind of really those, like, things to break, like, the boat. Yeah, unless you want to swim to the tower, I think we should fix the boat. I'm like, no. I'm not, like, swimming to the tower. Fair enough. <laughs> um, and with that, uh, Selene's gonna walk over to where Moss is and gently tap him on the shoulder. As you start to go down the stairs, Gurn is at the bottom of the stairs, not stepping into the water. He's just standing there. Are you okay, Gurn? What does... If... If this gets all of water in... What do happen? If the boat fills up with water? <clears throat> um... It could potentially cause more damage. And potentially sink the boat. I think that's... Did I hear Vice and Moss's conversation? I mean, from where I was standing? In pieces, maybe. Okay. I mean, there's a big-ass hole in the side of the boat, not to mention the... The uh, there's a name for it, but the the grate over the upper deck for for moving materials. Um, I believe Vice mentioned something about getting the water out of the boat. I think is what he mentioned to Moss. I don't really know. I didn't hear all of the conversation, but I think they're gonna fix it. So hopefully the water's gone soon. With that, Gurn's going to press forward with Selene to where Moss is and see. What do I do to help? Well, for now, I'd say get a bucket. Actually, he emptied one of those buckets of salt. Go grab that and then start bailing the water out of this hole or filling it with a bucket with water and throwing it out back into the lake. Moss, as you're giving that direction to Gurn, over his shoulder you see Vice and he looks very focused like he's channeling something inside of him. Um, and as he looks back upwards, uh, you see his body shift from his light blue changeling form into the familiar appearance of water and ice. <clears throat> I don't believe that that'll be necessary. I think I can get this out of here pretty, 
pretty easily. Though it'll just take me a few moments. DM, I'd like to do one of two things. I would like to either use a combination of spells being Control Water and Tidal Wave. Alternatively, if if I can't create a flow and then redirect the flow back out, the, out of the hole, um, I would like to punch a hole in the side of the boat to force water inwards to then redirect flow outwards and hold it once all the water has emptied the bottom of the ship. Which one would you like to hear me narrate? So, per the spell's description, Tidal Wave creates a wall of water. It does not necessarily use existing water. Yeah, it, cr- it conjures up a wave of water. Yeah. So you'd like to hear I me think control describe. water would make more sense. If you I was use like it too. tidal wave in that space, <laughs> you'll flood the entire compartment and sink the boat in an instant. Okay. So and you'd you like know to hear, this. So you'd like to hear how Vice pisses off Moss by putting another hole in the boat. Okay. <laughs> so as Vice finishes his sentence, Moss, you see him draw out his dagger. And kneels down towards the side of the ship and rams it as hard as he can into one of the planks on the ship, prying it off of one of the nails, holding it to the frame. And water begins spraying inwards. With a motion of his hand, the water that's spraying violently inwards slows to a stop and then begins retreating back towards the board that was just pried from the frame and speeds up as well as the water along the bottom of the ship begins lowering out of that same uh, fountain until the floor of the ship over several moments is receding and receding till there are nothing but drops of water left and while the board is still pried no water is flowing in uh we should probably deal with this hole first yeah if we can so moss will run over and nail that board back down That's that's one problem dealt with. Well, I mean, in that case, Gerd knows how to use a mace. A hammer isn't well, stick. A hammer isn't that much different. You just take these nails, hammer the boards up like this, and I'll show him like how to place the board and then nail it into place. Garn's going to attempt to tag along after receiving instruction and in helping uh, put plate, uh, boards up. I just want to test something real quick. Garn, roll an intelligence check. 
Why would you do that to Gurn? Uh, well, it's a 10. 10? Oh, uh, yeah. 12 minus 2. To your surprise, Moss, it doesn't take you as long to teach Gurn how to properly place the boards and nail them in a fashion that will prevent future leaking. It doesn't take you as long as you might have expected. Even though he seems to get caught up on a few of the words that you use, particularly your seafaring lingo, you slow down and avoid ending up frustrated with the inability to directly communicate. Alright, so as these projects are being worked on, Lucius and Crystal. Lucius, you're attempting to sleep. Crystal, are you letting him? No. <laughs> you're just like poking him with a stick. <laughs> you know what? She's going to do worse, actually. So uh, Crystal is going to go over to her Lucius's. And... Heat metal on his codpiece. <laughs> And he does have um, an impressive god piece. I'm sure. No, she's going to pull out something she hasn't before. Her flu. Now, I assume it's out of tune. It's a flu. Okay, I don't know how flutes work. But anyway, she's going to play only the high notes. Annoyingly. Roll, roll performance. Uh, that would be a 27. Jesus fuck. <laughs> yeah. It take you know, it, it it takes you a few seconds to shake the water out of the flute to make sure that, you know, all of the airports are dry. And you blow as hard as you fucking can and you hit every single high note in the jauntiest, screechiest tune you can pull off. It is somehow melodic, but it is ear-piercing. Moss, do you hear a piccolo? Kind of like this one. Not sure Give your cheer again. Not from down here. Oh, the hole's big enough, they'll hear you. <laughs> um, Moss, I had an idea, and I was wondering if it might help any... Would it help if I got some seaweed to maybe help secure the boards in place? Along with the nails, or do you think that would be a hindrance? I'm trying to think if there's any way I could help out. And... And Gurn hold the boards up and you can use the seaweed to hold them in place and then we could just put them in with the nails maybe I don't know how that would work though 
was just a thought. I'm trying to think if there's any way to, to cure it. And then maybe have Vice cast that. Do I know Pres- Presidentis? You've, uh, you've seen him use magic to cook food with his hands. You've okay. seen him use magic to season food. You know he's got a, a unique little minor magical feat that he likes to pull off sometimes. You're not entirely sure to the extent that he, you know, you're not entirely sure of the extent to which that cantrip works, but you've seen him do some weird things. I was more so thinking that if I got seaweed and then we secured the boards and the nails and everything, maybe Vice can do magic to make sure it's all sealed in place, maybe. Because I know he has some interesting magic that can kind of do that, where it then it'll be more secure and water can't get it at all. We're putting the boards up, water shouldn't get in anyways, but having an extra protective layer on the inside probably wouldn't hurt. As long as it's not gonna, you know, light things on fire or something. Burn just want to do fast so we don't get another bear fish. <laughs> no, we don't want more bear fish bear bear fish here. I'm sorry, did someone say fire? That we I don't want fire. No fire. Well, that's boring. And well, I can at least get some seaweed if if you need, and then we could see if it works. In response to the flute playing, Lucius is going to cast Thaumaturgy. Oh. With, with three effects. One, make it sound like uh, to create you the sound of... One effect at a time. Oh, one is, oh, I must re- misread that. I apologize. So if you want to do this over 12 seconds... No, no. Actually, can. I can have three of the one-minute effects at a time. If you cast the spell multiple times, you can have up to three of its one-minute effects active at a time. Okay, so over the next 12 seconds, you can do this. He's going to create the sound of uh, war, like a bunch of swords clashing, people yelling. He's going to create the sound of a cavalry charge, and he's going to create a minor, a harmless tremor to match up with the cavalry charge. Kind of like his white noise for him to go to sleep. Okay, so... Crystal, you're directly subjected to this, and for some reason, you are suddenly smack dab in what you would imagine to be a battlefield. Just in sound. And your high-pitched flute playing is completely discordant with it. And I don't know if it's going to break your trunk concentration in playing or if it's just going to inspire you to move forward. The tremor, however, everybody below decks... While you don't see any damage being caused, 
the boat begins to shake gently, but noticeably. DM, how high up is the hole compared to the floor of the ship? I mean, below decks is probably six feet at most from floor to ceiling. And it's basically just rafters and boards over your head. So the hole in the side of the ship is probably five feet up? Ish, yeah. Uh, Vice is going to run towards that and climb out it to stand on top of the water outside of the ship. Okay. To try to see what the fuck is going on and why the ship is moving. Okay. shaking. Does Crystal realize this is coming from Lucius? What are the components for thaumaturgy? Vocal. Then, yes, as you were playing your little flute, trying to annoy Lucius, you're probably keeping an eye on him and you see him start chanting a, a small incantation and then these effects start coming. It's more like a, a marching tune. That's how he's chanting it. She's going to play louder and a bit closer. Oh, my. So as this battle of noise continues on for the next minute, as that is how long thaumaturgy lasts, Vice, you step outside and you see... You see Crystal, for lack of a better term, violently playing the flute a couple feet away from Lucius, who has posted himself up against what remains of the railing on the starboard bow. And as you stand outside, you hear the sounds of what you would imagine to be a battlefield with high, shrieky flute notes being played. You guys are a pain in my ass. Vice is going to make his way back in the hole. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's fine. We just have children aboard. Seems about right. I should clarify. They're not new children. They are the same children. But now we have confirmed that they're children. During the next hour or two, with the four of you below decks repairing the ship, sealing the holes, and applying a little extra magical and natural protective sealants to the hull, you feel that the ship is successfully repaired. During this time, Lucius through a combination of your attempt at white noise and crystal keeping your spirits lively, you have achieved a short rest. Crystals, you think 
you will have applied your effect here. Yes. You also, Lucius, you also gain the benefits of the Song of Rest. Crystal, if you could please describe the effects therein. See, I, I've been reading it over, trying to figure out, understand it, because it seems weird. Uh, if you or any friendly creatures who hear your performance regain hit points at the end of a short rest by spending one or more hit dice, each of those creatures regains an extra D- 1d6 hit points. Yeah, that's fine. So if Lucius, during the short rest, decided, Lucius, are you rolling hit die to recover? I am. I'm going to roll three of them. Okay, and you can roll an additional d6 on top of that. All right. For your strange audio battle with Crystal. She was annoying, but slightly helpful. That That is Crystal. Annoying, but slightly helpful. Uh, do I add my constitution this episode? to my hit die roll? I believe so. Six. To be honest, John, how many times did we take a short rest in the first campaign? It's like twice no, over two yeah, years. Yeah, not much. But yeah, you do add your constitution to each dice. Is everyone back up on the top deck now? Uh, yes, if, we would have. If you guys up. want to return to the to the upper decks after the repairs are complete, that's on you. For the remainder of the day. Vice, will you be assuming your position pushing along the boat, or how yeah. would you all like to proceed? Um, before we go anywhere, we're all on the top deck, hopefully. Where is everybody at right now? On the top deck. Top yeah, deck. Moss would Moss would have gone up to the top deck to repair the uh, railing on the side, too. After is the serpent the still at the bottom of the water? Yes, its corpse is laying on the lake bed. Is there any way Gurn get one of the teeth? And he points at his teeth and then points down at the serpents in the water. And he's looking at Moss and Vice and see if you guys have any ideas. Will it get us out of here quicker? Burn just want one for Kent. Fine. Alright, Moss, let's go. <clears throat> Moss will strip off his stuff and dive into the water. Vice will take off his shirt and his shoes and follow after Moss. Crystal is still silently wondering who is Kent? (laughs) (laughs) Alright. So, Vice, as you dive into the water and are immersed in the waters of Glacius Lake, it takes a few seconds and you shift back into your Titanborn form and zip down to the lake bed and are practically invisible floating next to the head of this great serpent as you look up and watch Moss swimming. 
and it, it takes him a good handful of seconds to catch up to you. Moss, your swim speed is equal to your walking speed? Yep. All right. So at, at a decent pace, it only takes him about 10 seconds to get to you, but that's 10 seconds. You're just sitting there watching him come. Hey, yo. Mm-hmm. As you two sit by the head of the great serpent, you are attempting to remove a tooth? Yeah, Moss is just gonna... How big are his teeth? About three feet long. Uh, how wide? Uh, only about six inches. They okay. are much like a saber. Okay. Moss is going to take two of his fingers with the claws, dig in underneath the gum to where the base yep. is, and pop it out. All right. As Moss is driving his fingers in and creates a hole in the or in the between the tooth and the gum, Vice is going to direct flow of water into the hole around his claw to add a little more force to push back the gum and try to help retreat the tooth out, uh, okay. helping him. Between the both of you and the fact that this creature is dead and you're only extracting a tooth, I will say that this does not take very long. Moss, how long can you hold your breath? Is it like an 20 hour. minutes? It's an, an hour. hour? Yeah. Okay. I was confusing you with a different creature. All right. It, it takes you a few minutes of applying pressure, both watery and physical, but you do eventually manage to pull this tooth out at its root, and you are now holding a three-foot-long saber-like tooth. Moss will take it and start swimming back up. Okay. As you start swimming with the tooth, you feel a force around the tooth as if it's weightless. Gurn, I'm assuming you're like close to the edge, but not at the edge. Yeah. Gurn's, Gurn's like watching you guys swim down there in amazement. A small jet of water with the tooth in the middle erupts from the lake top and almost like a tendril of water jettisons it on top of the deck as it comes up over the side of the ship and hits the top of the deck before retreating uh, back into the water. Gurn is going to attempt to catch it. Oh, it, it sets it on the deck, but you can catch it. Oh, uh, well, if it's not... So it's setting it on the deck? Yeah, so it's almost like a tendril Friendly. of water that reaches up and places it onto the uh -huh. deck All and right. then retreats back down. That's my flavoring of control water in Titanborn form from within Glacius Lake. Enjoy that one. Well, then Gurn will go over and pick it up. Okay. You are now wielding one dragon eel tooth. Also, eventually we'll get back to the ship, crawl up on board, start putting his stuff back on. Can, can we go now? 
Thank you. If Vice was to push his head above water when melding with the lake, does his body remain invisible and he's just a face on top of the water? Yep. That's exactly <laughs> how I envision that. Vice pops his head above the water <laughs> and says, I'll, I'll be good to go. Moss will just give you a thumbs up. <laughs> All right, we're moving. Uh, his head dips below the surface of the water and disappears again. And a few seconds later, you feel the ship begin to move in a northward direction beneath your feet. And it slowly will gain speed until it reaches the cruising speed that you are familiar with. How many knots was that? Knots? Bro, I don't know. You're moving... (laughs) (laughs) the way i had originally described is that at the pace that vice can push this boat across glacius lake is approximately equivalent to the pace at which gurn can lead you guys on land i could do the conversion into knots if you really need to know but it's approximately 40 miles a day (laughs) no i was just being a dick Save that for after the show. Daddy. Alright. Moss is going to find a place on deck. Then reach back in. Pull out his half-drank bottle of vodka. Keep drinking. Okay. Um... Can Celine do something before they started moving? What would you like to do? Um, she would have gone to the, I guess, the upper part of the deck. Mm-hmm. And she would have taken her um, cloak off and then taken, like, any of her, like, overclothes off. And she would have, um basically just been in her underclothes or whatever. Um, She would have jumped into the water and wild-shaped into a dark, ash-gray shark. Okay. Swimming alongside the boat? Uh, assisting with potentially pushing the boat if she could. You wouldn't really be able to as a shark, but you could at least keep Vice company under the water. Okay, that works. Uh, John, if you're curious, it is about five and a quarter knots. Is our travel speed right now. I did the math. You're welcome. Great. So as you all continue with this day, Vice, you actually have some company in the water for a few hours. As a massive dark gray shark with an imprint of a, of a raven along its chest swims alongside you as you push this boat. Celine, you are unable to see Vice as he pushes the boat, but you can just make out the influence he is having on the water around its underside as he pushes it along. Lucius, 
for the remainder of the day, if you are choosing to do absolutely nothing, you will eventually achieve a long rest. Provided that a certain someone doesn't walk up next to your ear and tweet the flute, busting your eardrum. No, no, she's stopped right now and just relaxing a bit. Moss, are you finishing this bottle of vodka? Uh, yes. And Moss is also probably by this point decently drunk. Okay. Roll a con so save. He... Just to gauge how drunk. Apparently Moss can hold his liquor. Mm-hmm. 21. <laughs> You are fairly buzzed, as it was only half a bottle of vodka. Well... And you you is a big boy. In his... buzz state, he will be drunkenly singing a song. Would you, uh... care to demonstrate? No. <laughs> <laughs> DM. Yes. In this form where I'm pushing the boat, May I cast spells? What are you looking to do? Because when you're thoroughly melded with the water, it takes most of your concentration to hold that form, which is why you need to be in humanoid to cast spells. It is not a concentration spell. I would like to cast minor illusion. What are you looking to do? I would like to, every once in a while, as to keep my company entertained cast a small illusion of a seal and kind of send it out swimming alongside the ship okay so the reason you have to assume your your humanoid form when casting spells is due to the components required for spells verbal and somatic spells don't work if you can't perform the ritual what components are required for minor illusion uh somatic and so it's simply so it's 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 a physical movement uh correct you could given the momentum you've given the boat it would be confusing to the people on the surface but you could pause to shift back into your humanoid form, cast the spell, and then go back to melded. It might be jarring for the people on the boat because the boat would suddenly slow for a few seconds and then pick pace back up. Fuck them. This is for my entertainment. Celine, are you going to think like a shark and chase the seal, or are you just going to kind of dance along with it in the water? Because your your mind is still thoroughly here, you are still Celine in your consciousness. She might let the shark take over and chase the seal just for the funsies. Okay. Celine, as you bite into this seal, that it's very it's fairly easy to see through that it's an illusion as it appeared in front of you. Suddenly, uh, a light red mist sprays outwards, dramatically flaring before it dissipates. 
Would anything else like to be done with this day? As Celine, you can only hold this form for up to three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. She's going to hold it for the full, the whole time. So you'll be reusing your wild shape throughout the day? Um, no, she's going to hold this form until she turns back to herself. And then when she's herself again, she'll just kind of swim a little bit before she goes back on the boat. Like At the pace Vice is moving, you will be abandoned in the lake if you do that. Oh, really? Okay. Then when she starts feeling it, um, she'll get back on the boat then. And I don't really know how that's going to work, though. So as you begin to feel that this your, your time is waning with your wild shape, you push yourself so hard to swim right up next to the boat. You breach the surface. Everybody on deck sees this massive shark just jump out of the water over the deck, which then shifts into Celine midair, and she hero lands on the deck, covered in water and in her skivvies. Which, by the way, Wild Shape, all the equipment you are wearing or carrying melds with you when you shift. You don't wow. have to strip to do it. So you're just being a show-off. No, she wasn't. It just was easier not to have the extra weight. And she's not in her skivvies. She still has clothes on. Skivvies means underwear. Yeah, like, she's not, like, she's not standing there right in her underwear. She has, like, like a shirt and, like, shorts or whatever on. Okay. Or, like, under her clothes. Okay. Would anything else like to be done with this day? Um. Alright. If nobody else has anything else, we'll move on to the night. Vice, as you begin to feel genuinely worn out, the exhaustion from the night, coupled with pushing this boat for an entire day, you feel like it's time to call it. Crawl your way up onto the deck to find Lucius relaxing, but awake. Moss seems off and is occasionally humming a strange tune. Everybody else just kind of doing their own thing, enjoying the sunlight in this peaceful lake. You guys should try pushing a boat sometimes. It's uh, liberating, really. You still need to learn to swim before he push boat. I still need to teach you how to read. Oh, I think the swimming will be far more helpful. I'm like, did he also need to learn how to use like utensils for eating? No, he's pretty good with utensils. Boy, you have a lot to learn, don't you? Not everyone can be perfect, Lucius. Oh, no, like it's you. perfect. Oh, I'm nowhere near perfect. Oh. <clears throat> I have lots to learn myself. I must have mistaken your complex. 
I would have helped, but... Well, in the form I was in, I probably would have more, done more damage than good, so decided just to keep you company instead. You kept me entertained. Oh, fun. you kept me entertained as well. That was very clever. Seals are natural in this area. I figure if sharks are out here, yeah. Just to let you all know, I'm pretty much rested up for the night, so I can do the whole watch for the night while the rest of y'all, everyone could sleep uninterrupted. Well, I don't really sleep, so I can join you at some point, but I will definitely take you up on that offer of resting, though. And with that, she's gonna put her cloak around her and then go into her deep meditation after saying goodnight to everybody. She's trying to get better with the communicating. Moss is just mowing down on fish. <laughs> there is plenty of it. Lucius will go down below deck to feed uh, Jacqueline. Come here, gorgeous. Let me get you, let me get you some dinner. The way he talks to his ass has me slightly concerned. Yeah, like, it's a bit concerning. I mean, it seems like it was his only company for a while. I mean, it kind of makes sense. He talks out of his ass a lot, so it makes sense that he'd be talking to his ass. Suppose. All right. As everybody settles in for the night, Lucius offers to take up watch, allowing everybody else a full night's rest. Would anything special like to be done with this night? Ice would like to dry off his pants before resting. Gern would like to wake up with a 37 strength score. <laughs> that would be pretty special. That sounds pretty nice, but... Uh, no. Mo Moss would like her. Shatten to be back on the ship, not cursed. <laughs> you know, you said special, so... I did. <laughs> I did make that mistake, didn't I? Crystal would like everyone to stop dying. Yikes, that's the most unrealistic thing to be requested. <laughs> Selene would like to be turned into a monstrosity that she's allowed to be. <laughs> ah, you people. And Lucius would like some so uh, fellow uh, mercenaries to lead into battle. Why well. was Vice the only one wanting to do something like normal? Crystal wants something sort of normal. I just think Vice has no imagination. He's like, we can do one thing, I will dry my pants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. For someone in tune with water, he doesn't really go with the flow. 
are, are we all just taking a D4 psychic damage for that one? I feel like I feel like we're all taking a D4 psychic damage for that one. I think you should. I'm gonna bounce a D4 off my forehead. <laughs> Better yet, headbutt it while it's on your table. <laughs> Yikes! <Yeah. laughs> all right. So as everybody goes and lays down to rest. Lucius, if you could roll perception for your watch. Uh, natural one. So that brings up to... The lake is so pretty. Actually, hold on here. Perception, perception. Okay, brings me up to a five. Oh, shit. This lake is so pretty. Really focusing on sharpening up his axes and shining up his armor, making certain to get all the dents out. Pretty much taking care of his equipment. So as you're trying to get the dents out of your armor, the rest of your party goes to rest. Selene, I assume you're taking your meditation on the upper decks? Yes. Okay. Is anybody else sleeping upstairs, or has everyone else retired downstairs? Downstairs. Crystal would sleep downstairs. Ice might sleep on the deck. Gurn's downstairs. Gurn, or, sorry, Lucius. Yes. As the night progresses, you're feeling very well rested. As the sun has dropped below the horizon, you see a crystal clear sky spattered in the small white dots of millions of stars. Celine sits probably at the bow of the ship, wrapped in her cloak, silently meditating. Vice in his exhaustion is most likely thoroughly sprawled out on the deck until he realizes that this is not good form and kind of curls up on a something. As you and Jacqueline sit here for the night, a few hours later, Celine will awaken from her meditation, feeling rested. But the lake is silent. It is calm. It is quiet. There is nothing out here. You are so far from any shore. There are no birds. There are no bugs. It is for you disturbingly peaceful out here. Is there anything you'd like to do during your watch? What? Um, after, nope, his no, he's no, taking care of his gear. Brush Jacqueline. Uh, I think he's actually going to count the stars. That makes sense for your perception roll. <laughs> and wonder how many battles each of those stars would represent and whether or not they, they're the same stars. Are they the same stars that he had seen back in his old time? That's what he's uh, trying to track. Roll survival. Oh, 
he cares more about the stars than he does about uh, his watch. That is going to be a 21. So, here's the fun part, and this makes sense to your lack of perception. You look up at these stars, and you're trying to find constellations. As someone who has traveled the oceans, has fought in many battles as a hired sword, you're looking up, trying to find any constellation you can for navigation. You start recognizing some. Minor ones. Ones that were somewhat unfamiliar to you for a point. But you started to learn when you had originally arrived on this continent some 2,000 years ago. You look up and they may have shifted positions. They're not where you remember them being, but they are still there. He's going to uh, sit down and draw them. Okay. So, Celine, at some point during Lucius's rantings and ravings about stars, you come to and you find that Onyx is asleep on the railing just behind your shoulder. Um, I will reach over and gently just pet his back a little bit. Try not to disturb him too, too much. He kind of chirps a little, flutters his wings, and then falls back asleep. Is there anything you would like to do during your waking hours? Um, seeing Blish is doing something. She's not sure where from her perspective, drawing, writing something. I'm not sure. Um, she's going to kind of look out in the water. Um, Seeing if there's any potential threats. Admiral perception. I got an eighteen. As you look out into the into these crystal clear, calm waters, you see nothing but the occasional school of fish swim by. And with your exceptional dark vision piercing into the waters and the area around you you see nothing bigger than a foot long nothing that would actually pose a threat to you in this nighttime waterscape would anything like to be done before we move on to sunrise She would probably reach into her bag and have one of her rations. Realizing she hadn't really eaten much in the last couple of days. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Aside from the uh, <clears throat> massive fish that had been caught the previous day. Yeah, that's true. Meal, meals have been served. And you all, during your restful period, during your travel, would have eaten. But if you'd like to eat one of your rations for the overnight, you're welcome to. Um, she also 
would have quietly made her way over to Lucius to see what he was doing as well. Kind of looking over her shoulder at what he was doing as not to disturb him too, too much. Morning, how'd you sleep? Much better, thank you. Definitely needed that rest. Yeah, everyone put in a lot of effort yesterday. Are you tired? I can take over. Nah, I got this. I was a lazy bastard yesterday. Might as well make up for it so that everyone else rest. What are you doing? Oh, charting the constellations. Trying to see how much has changed since uh, where I came from. Or when I came from. However you want to put it. Some of them are still there. Uh, DM, considering my location and where I'm from, would I be familiar with stars and constellations, considering there was such thick canopies or trees? Vaguely. You'd be aware of their existence and, you know, the occasional climb with an elder to the canopy to, to show you the stars and whatnot, but they've never really served a purpose to you as far as navigation was concerned. So like you're you're aware of them, but they've never served a reason. I've never seen so many stars before. It's definitely different from home. Yeah. Great thing about the stars is they tell a story. They do? Oh yeah. That constellation over there? represents an ancient general through his stupidity got flanked and killed and they scattered his body across the sky oh that trail of stars over there represents a forced march where they took a city in the middle of the night are they all battles hmm, not all of them only the interesting ones Oh, okay. That one there is supposed to be like a little tiny bear cub looking for his mother. Uh, I'm sorry, guys, but could you kindly shut the fuck up? I'm sorry, Vice. I didn't mean to wake you. And Vice goes back to sleep. <laughs> covering his ears as he curls back up. Alright, so as the night progresses in awkward silence, the two of you sit up and eventually watch the sun begin to breach the horizon. Dawn has arrived. Your various party members will eventually begin to stir. Would anything like to be done during the morning preparations before we move on to the next day's travel? Uh, Lucius would like to cast Create Food and Water. This time, instead of the, since he has plenty of food left for Jacqueline, he wants to create food for everyone else. So regular people food rather than the animal feed. All right, so slabs of human meat? Nope, nope, just rations. You said regular people food. 
food that people can consume. <laughs> ah, so slabs of human flesh. Uh, we have so much food here. That fish gurn cod can feed us for like a month. Ah, but can you make it last a month? Fish goes Wait. bad pretty quick. Way it's salted down, it should last a while. Well, then just means more of this rations for me. I think it was a kind gesture. Did it fight back? <laughs> oh, I never said I conjured meat. No, I'm wondering if your if your food fought back. I only it only applies to meat and animals. Right, so no, you're fine just... with killing plants that don't fight back? Because as we've already talked about, there are multiple plants that fight back. Well, yeah, there are. And I would have no problem eating them, just like I have no problem eating regular plants. Sorry, I'm just trying to wrap my head around the logic. I try not, I do not cause harm to living animals or people who cannot fight back. Just living plants. Yeah, but plants aren't sentient. Vice is walking to the back of the boat, just diving in. To the water, <laughs> not to the boat, diving into the water. So Vice just jumps up and swan dives into the deck of the boat. Yep. Hundred <laughs> percent. Too bad it's not lava. <clears throat> Rest in peace, boat jingles. <laughs> Would anything like to be done with this day? Well, we're traveling. Moss wants to pull out that journal that he's already drawn the first page of. Flip it over. And draw a picture of Chatton's statue. Okay. Um... Selene would have wild-shaped into a snake to go for a swim. Like a itty bitty snake? No, like a boa. That's still technically are you going for the giant version or are you going for the regular version? Uh the regular version. Vice. As you watch Celine dive into the water and then suddenly shift into a relatively small six foot long snake. And she's kind of swimming alongside you, having to keep her head above water. You rapidly notice she's falling behind. Oh. As it does have a swim speed, but cannot keep up with a 40 mile an hour boat. Well, I didn't know that. 40 mile a day boat. And do you choose to assist her in keeping up? <laughs> I didn't think that through. 
so after about 20 or so seconds of you skirting or skating along the top of the water or high on the surface of the water um, you notice the ship starts getting further away um, as it clicks in your mind that you're not keeping up the way that you had anticipated you suddenly start moving much faster than you were even moments ago um, as the water around you feels like there's very little friction to it. Um, and you rapidly catch up with the boat uh, until you nearly pass it. The water around you feels relatively frictionless. Could someone please roll for me a d20? I got it. Uh, nat. One or 20? I got a nat 20. Okay. Sorry. Woo! <laughs> Celine, for the first few hours, you are just skating along on the surface of the water. You are fucking flying as this little snake. <laughs> and it's incredible. This is an amazing feeling. You wish you could do this all the time. <laughs> I need you to roll another d20 for me. Crit. Motherfucker. Two natural 20s in a row? Outside Damn. of combat? Yeah, I, I already I threw it too. And it's still in a 20. <laughs> Way to waste it. Crystal. I know. During your passive kind of nonchalance on the deck of the boat, as you're just cruising along, you look down and you see this little snake just kind of skirting alongside, and you're like, yep. Ah, they're cute together. And then you kind of turn your head away, and you notice a strange darkness beneath the surface of the water in the distance. A shape. That is incredibly large and shadowy. As the boat continues to approach it, the image beneath the waves of the water becomes more clear, and it appears to be a massive shipwreck. Vice, you too would see this. Do you choose to slow down the boat, or do you choose to pass this? Would I know that if I was to leave the boat, that the ship, that it would continue to cruise to a slow? Yeah. If you were to let go of the boat, momentum would keep it going for a bit, but without any further propulsion, it would slow to a stop. Crystal, do you choose to alert anybody on deck that... Yes. Okay. She'll, she'll stand up, looking at it. I'm like, I think I see something in like the water. And it's not just water. Wow. 
You know, like, she's helpful, but not that much. <laughs> I didn't think about that for a moment, how she should alert them. You actually killed me with that one. As Crystal alerts you guys that there's something in the water that isn't just like water, um, you feel the boat start to slow down again. As Vice leaves the boat and darts forward through the water to take a look to make sure there's not any large creature living within its hull. Us will run over to the side to make sure we're not being attacked. Uh, DM, could I do something? What do you want to do? Can I technically switch my wild shape? You have to shift out of one and into another. By the time you would have reached this boat, your snake wild shape would have expended, and Vice would have launched you onto the surface, and you're, you're humanoid in this moment on the deck of the ship. This oh, happens okay. several hours into your day's travel. Alright. Um... Vice, go ahead and roll perception as you investigate the ship. Never mind then. That is not my Firefox tab. That is 100% my emails. Whoops. You said perception? Yes. That would be a 16. There doesn't appear to be any threatening creatures living within this boat. There are many that have taken up residence here for its impromptu shelter. However, it's the, there is some evidence that at one point there may have been larger, more dangerous creatures here, but they have long since vacated. Vice will come back to the boat and gradually and carefully slow it to a stop. Before climbing aboard So, there's a shipwreck. There's stuff living in the ship, but nothing seems to be threatening. Anything that was there that would pose as a threat uh, has vacated the area. Uh, at least the immediate area. We can go back down and check it out more thoroughly. Or we can just keep going. I think it's worth the time. Maybe there's something it's useful on it. Minutes. Uh, Lucius is going to look overboard. Can Lucius see what kind of ship it is? Is it like a cargo ship? A, uh, a warship? Roll history. off the desk. There we go. Uh, history, history. I am history. You are. 19. Okay. 
Okay. With a 19, <clears throat> peering down, you don't see portholes for cannons. You don't see ballistas mounted on the decks. You don't see evidence of any weaponry. But you also don't see setups. You, you don't see cranes or netting or anything that would indicate that this was a fishing vessel either. Your best assumption was that this boat was strictly exploratory. I think it might be worth checking out. There might be some things that can be useful. Not that doesn't look like it's fitted for cargo or war, but maybe it might have some good it's a shiny part, uh, treasure in there. I'm sorry, there's a what in there? Shiny bits of treasure. Vice, Vice takes a moment and it seems like your mention of shiny bits of treasure strikes a weird chord within him that you didn't expect that it would. Ah, I see. You've got a bit of a treasure hunter in you. Not, not exactly. Go down with you and check it out, voice. All right. <clears throat> Celine, you seemed like you wanted to say something. Can I cast water breathing on myself? Do you have it prepared for the day? Yes, I actually do. What are the specifics on the spell? Uh, ten willing creatures you can see within range. And you only want to cast it on yourself? Well, I was going to cast it on my myself, and then whoever was whoever else was planning on uh going to explore. So I was trying to figure out if Lucius was going or not. Oh, I'll, uh, I'm willing to go. All let right. me go. Let me go put my armor on real quick. Wouldn't that make you heavier? Exactly, which makes it easier to move down there. It's going to make it harder for you to get back up. Uh, yeah. I got that. I got that covered as well. Well, before you go, perhaps I can ma help make it easier so you can breathe underwater. If you want me to cast it. Oh, absolutely. All right. So. It's. You say turn to breathe in? You want to go too? Gurn will breathe in water? Yes. Gurn looks apprehensive. Um, Gurn. I'll make sure you don't drown. Gurn want to. What about you, Crystal? Well, like, I guess if everyone else is going, I suppose I will, like, go too. Alright. If you could make me breathe, that would be easier. I can just hold my breath for a really long time. Alright, so the spell grants up to ten willing creatures you can see within range, the ability to breathe in their water. Affected creatures also retain their normal mode of respiration. 
So... Literally, you can just cast this and everyone can breathe water for a day. Yeah. So she'll cast it on herself along with everybody surrounding her. And then as you guys are jumping in the water, you can find that you can breathe easily. As you cast the spell, you perform the ritual and you can feel the magic connect with each of your party members until you get to Vice and you feel as if the spell bounces off of him. I wasn't going to cast it on him because he seems to have no issue breathing you said underwater. everyone around you. Hurtful. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She wants to drown Vice. I mean. <laughs> you can't drown. You've been staring the boat this whole time. Watch me. <laughs> okay. DM, I would like to drown myself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it would it would be on anybody. And right. if I was near her, then yeah. I'm gonna use milk because I can't so, breathe milk. <laughs> as you are all standing here, Celine completes her spell. You all feel a strangeness within your chests. You are still able to breathe air, but your chest feels weighted on the inside, as if your lungs have become heavier. It is not tiring, it's just a strange feeling to you. Um, and then with that, Celine would jump in the water and go... Well, wait for Gurn first. After jumping in the water. Where is Gurn standing? Like in the center of the boat. <laughs> okay. Gurn, uh, Gurn sets his stuff down, takes the majority of his items off, and uh, grabs one of his javelins and jumps in the water with his javelin in hand. Roll a wisdom saving throw. That is a six. You apprehensively approach the railing of the ship. You build your courage and you build your courage and you throw yourself off the edge of the boat. The instant you hit the water and begin to fall below the surface, you panic and thrash as you continue to sink into the water. Gurn also lets go of his javelin. You thrash, holding your breath with every muscle you have, thinking to yourself, I'm drowning, I'm drowning, I'm going to die, until you let out that last gasp and you watch those last few bubbles of precious air rise to the surface above you. And in a panic, you inhale. And you're fine. And you are just slowly sinking in the water. You look down and see the shine of your javelin sinking much faster than you are. 
And you look over and you see Celine. Just kind of trying to calm me down. Well, as soon as as soon as Gern took his breath, he would have been calm. He would have been like, "What? Okay." See, it's not that bad. What you hear is <laughs> as you are able to breathe water, but this does not mean you can speak in water. Yeah, yeah. Gern understands that. the mumbles perfectly. <laughs> He's finally speaking his language. <laughs> Uh, well, Gern's going to sink to his javelin. <laughs> well, you didn't tear a hole in the side of the ship, so I suppose that's a plus. Yep. I should probably make sure, like I always do, to leave this here. And he'll take Glacius' tooth and set it on the <laughs> on the deck of the ship. Vice is going to walk to the bow and attempt to push the anchor off off the front of the boat. Roll an athletics check. Uh, that is a natural 16 plus zero for 16. Okay. What's everybody else doing? as Vice struggles with this anchor. Uh, Lucius is donning just the lower half of his armor and bringing his axes with him. And he's just going to make a jump trying to aim for the deck of the ship. Of the sunken ship. So he sinks on top of the deck. Crystal? Uh, Crystal was watching uh, Gurn sink. Um, watching him panic. Just, just waiting for everyone else to get off before she got off. So she was just watching that all, right. all unfold. Vice, as you have been abandoned on the boat trying to uh, push the anchor off. What about? Yes. So I just don't exist. I haven't jumped in the water yet. I was taking. You my said you stuff. put down your stuff. I said I put down okay. Glacius tooth. <laughs> okay. Because I yeah, was Crystal's gonna do the same on thing board before everyone jumps off. She's just watching. Moss was going to do the same thing and drop the anchor so the boat didn't float away. <laughs> All right. So as the various people jump off of the boat, Vice, you're attempting to push the anchor over the edge. And eventually Moss walks up behind you, palms the anchor, takes it from you, and tosses it over the edge. You don't have to fucking show off. Just quicker. I would have had it eventually. Uh, no, you start with something lighter, like sacks of rice or potatoes or something. Can't even fucking pick up a sack of potatoes. And Vice turns around <laughs> and just dives into the water. <laughs> Moss will then follow, like not directly in his path, but beside him. As the lot of you sink or swim down to the upper decks of this sunken ship, laying partially on its side, barely supported by what remain of its rotted masts, you look upon this boat 
the wood that it comprised of it that comprises it is practically petrified in a state of decay from being submerged for however long it's been down here there are clear marks of some kind of battle chunks of the boat have been torn away and destroyed the sails are nowhere to be found either disintegrated through time or completely ripped from the boat what you do eventually find as you are just kind of scanning the upper levels of the boat are thousands of pieces of bone humanoid bone broken scattered just all over the place and an initial scan what you do find are a handful of severely rusted and corroded weaponry and armor pieces I would like somebody to roll investigation I can do that I'll assist that is a natural 19 <coughs> intelligence modifier dirty 20 with some time and Celine's assistance, without being able to genuinely speak to each other underneath the water, through a series of hand gestures and just looking around, you do eventually find what appears to be a door in the aft part of the ship that is, for some reason, sealed in place and almost unaffected by the corrosion that has overtaken this vessel. Hmm. Lucius is going to take his axe and try to uh, break the door open. Does Vice see this happening? Would you, I mean, you guys are all still clustered. Well, I assume you guys are maintaining a group. He'll try to open the door first before using the axe. Sorry. As you place your hand on the handle, the door will not open. Then then the axe it is. DM, can I blast the fucking axe out of his hand? Underwater? With your inherent abilities? Yes. As soon as I see that axe come back in a swing, it's jettisoned from his hand. He's going to turn around and give you this the hell look. Vice is going to shake his head. Lucius is going to go pick up his axe, put it on his hip, and he's going to try to kick the door open then. Can I blast him backwards from the door? <laughs> yeah. As soon as you as soon as your leg comes up like you're about to strike the door. You're going to get shoved five feet backwards from it, and it's going to shake his head again and point to the surface. And you'll see Vice swim slowly upwards towards the surface. He 
he's going to attempt to swim to the surface as well. Given your armor, please roll a strength check. Athletics. Uh, athletics? At disadvantage because of the armor. Okay. Athletics. That will be a 22. Okay. Vice, you're having a hard time moving slowly enough to keep pace and not jettison ahead of Lucius, but he does eventually join you at the surface. <coughs> now, why would you go and keep doing that? I'm trying to open the damn door. It's a graveyard, Lucius. There's, hu there's humanoid remains on this ship. Treat it with respect. Well, I tried opening it. And then you tried breaking it? Is that not worse than shattering a gravestone? It's not a gravestone. It's a grave nonetheless. Then we shall treat it as such. We should find a different opening. So he's gonna stop swimming and sink himself down. And Vice will follow. While that discussion was being had, what would the rest of you like to do? Crystal, for the hell of it, is going to knock on the door. Just just knock? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Grab people. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so as you reach out, moving a little bit slower than normal because you are fully submerged, you go to knock on the door and everyone in the water can hear you rapping on this wood. Low thuds. Thud. Thud. No one answers the door. Like I said, for the hell of it. Yeah, no, you tried. Uh, for a second, I thought you had the spell. No, I don't. <laughs> would have been keeping an eye out for threats, potentially. Like anything that would have been out of the ordinary or anything that looks suspicious. Okay, go ahead and roll perception. It's a 19. Okay. With a 19, as you are presumably standing near this strange, unrotted door, you're looking around, trying to check for anything that may constitute a threat, anything incoming that may pose a danger to all of you. But as you're looking around, you're noticing of what remains of any crates or boxes on the deck of this ship, everything is succumbed to decay and age. With the exception of one box, it appears to be a normal wooden crate, but it does not have any rot on it. Much like the door you are all facing. Um, can I go over to it and potentially try to open it? 
You said sure. it's a crate, right? Yeah, it's a it's a crate. It's like three by three. It's big. Like, can I look for like any kind of opening on it or anything? As you swim over to it and you try to investigate it and whatnot, you're noticing that it is not moving from its position on the deck. And while the deck is slanted, you would assume that gravity would have pulled it away from its position, but it is. It's almost like it's been nailed to the deck of this ship. It will not budge. Made of wood? Yep. And there's... No way to like. That there is there any like lock on it or anything like that? Roll investigation as you are pouring over this crate. That's a dirty twenty. As you're looking over the crate, along the underside of one of the framing slats that tiny little half inch space where the ward where the board has been nailed to the side of the crate as you're running your fingers along the edging you find small etchings inside it just just underneath this little piece of wood as you're running your fingers across you kind of try to duck your head underneath to try to get a better look and you notice it's numbers one through five etched in the underside of the boat uh, of the uh, the wood uh, she hmm. she's gonna make a mental note and then go back to the party Not sure what to do with that right now. Making a mental note to maybe ask about it later. As there doesn't seem to be a way to open up the box. Lucius is going to move to the side of the ship to see if there's a window going into that room. As you swim around, you find that the room that the door is attached to does not have windows. He's going to try to pick the lock to the door. Go ahead and roll investigation. Uh, 19. You find that the door does not have a keyhole. What you do notice, however, is small etchings hidden behind the doorknob. They appear to be a series of numbers. Three, three, two, one, four. Three, three, two, one, four. He's going to try knocking on the door in that combination. I'm sorry. First, he's going to try turning the doorknob in that combination. Three turns one way, three turns the other. What was the other numbers? Three, three, two, one, four. Yeah, so three one way, three the other. Two one way, one the other, then four. So, Crystal, 
you knocked on this door. And they kind of swam to the side, waiting for someone to answer. And then realized, oh yeah, these people are probably dead. Lucius eventually sinks back down, and he's in, he's pouring over the door, swimming around, trying to investigate any way to get into this room. And then you see him kind of in, closely inspecting the area of the doorknob, and then he sits back and he's just jiggling the knob and knocking again, but in strange patterns. What what's what's everybody else doing in this time? Moss would be looking for a way to get, like, a hole or something to get below deck. Like, in the wood already. Oh, there are massive holes to get below deck. Alright, he's gonna s- swim into one of those and go below deck and start looking around. Okay, go ahead and roll investigation while you're below deck. 16. With a 16, you find dozens of busted crates in your experience with smaller vessels you would recognize these as the kind of crates that would hold food stores basic supplies that kind of thing but you also find in what limited light you have down here thousands more humanoid bones just scattered everywhere it with your assumption this boat held a sizable crew and most if not all of them were killed in whatever happened to this vessel okay and they all went down with the ship you don't find anything useful in the lower decks everything has succumbed to rot and age you want to see if there's He wants to see if there's a way, like, up underneath where that door was from below deck. Holding that investigation check, you find that the wood beneath that room has also been perfectly sealed and has not succumbed to rot. Okay, he'll swim back up then. Selene would have swam back up to the boat as well. Vice will take a journey over to this knocking. Are there any gaps at all uh, in the wood, in the door, anything? Not from what you can tell. Okay. Not that your characters would know this, but it's as if you're looking at a panic room. Completely sealed off. Hmm. Nope, visal resurface. Lucius is going to uh, remove his eye patch to create more light to see if there's anything else he's missed. Okay. You all see a faint beam of light shooting out of Lucius's head as he looks around. And there's nothing else to find where you are. Gurn has been attempting to learn how to swim through water and gain his bearings to that degree 
outside of the boat when everybody has just left him and, and to go swim onto the boat. So Gern, with his one lesson that he received from Moss and watching everybody swim away from him, has been attempting to try and swim as they do while holding a javelin. Roll a d20 for me. Uh, 14. It's around the time you start hearing Lucius knocking on wood in a strange pattern that you finally managed to grasp how to move your arms in the right pattern to give yourself momentum. And you are able to give yourself some lift. Sweet. Gurn is going to swim back up to the boat and pull himself out of the water and go on deck and wait for everybody to do whatever the hell they want to do. Because Gurn knows how to swim now. He doesn't want to be in there any longer. <laughs> I have a general question. Was he doing this doggy paddling? Not necessarily. All right. He was observing you all, and you were all presumably proficient swimmers. So you, he's, he's trying to apply a muscle memory through observation. So unless any of you guys were doggy paddling. No Imagine Gurn. It's the only way Moss swims. He's just... I feel like Celine would swim that way. <laughs> Just because she can turn into a dog doesn't mean she swims like a dog. Alright, what would the rest of you like to do? Um, Celine want to resurface. Probably right Crystal after would also resurface. Lucius is still going to uh, fiddle with the door. Okay. Moss is going back up too. All right. So as everybody, Vice, what are you doing? Uh, Vice resurfaced after checking for any holes in that room. Uh, so Gurn would have, I guess, he wouldn't have. Vice would have gone up shortly after Gurn did, and kind of watched him climb the rope. And now he's just sitting there, all <laughs> stoic and Gurn-like. All right. So everybody else resurfaces. You glance down and you see Lucius still trying to do something with that door. So, Moss, you went under the decks. What did you find? Just more dead bodies. And the other side of that room is made out of the same shit the top side was. Awesome. I don't think there's a way to get in there without breaking down the door. Well, this I is... found something that was peculiar when you guys were all investigating in that door. There was a wooden crate that had some numbers on it. But it seemed like it was nailed in place. It wasn't moving and there was no way to open it. 
numbers on a board? On a crate. Made of wood. But it wasn't corroded wet like everything else was. You could tear the boards up from around it and bring it up here. Don't think we should damage this ship. I was telling Lucius this is effectively a graveyard. Yeah, good point. Well... DM, can I try to recall the pattern that Lucius was knocking on that door in? It was... 33214, yeah. right? Yeah, he's asking if he can... Oh, 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 my Because Lucius is the only one that knows the pattern. Okay. Uh, how close of attention were you paying? I mean, if it's a knock that's echoing through the water. I What's wasn't your like, intelligence score? Uh, intelligence is 12. Slightly above average. Roll history. We'll see if you can pull this off. Man's a 10. You know there was a pattern. And there may be a correlation here. But you don't remember what pattern he was knocking in. Show me this. Show me this crate. In these numbers. And effortlessly, Vice will descend. <laughs> Slane will follow after. So will Moss. Crystal will also follow. And then I will lead you all to the crate. Okay. So, real quick, Gurn, you're sitting up on the deck, a little sprawled out, just kind of drying off. And then you hear the splashing of people surfacing with their heads just above the water. You kind of glance over the edge of the deck and you see all your friends just kind of sitting there treading water, having this conversation about numbers and crates and rooms. And then Vice is like, all right, show me this crate. And they all go down, abandoning you again. Yep. Okay. So you just lay back on the deck and let the sun start to dry you off. He's okay. uh, gonna grab himself a nice slab of salted fish and start uh, peeling small strips of it off like string cheese and slowly eating it. Nice. So you all descend as Gurn has a nice lunch by himself, peacefully on a boat, <laughs> rocking gently. <laughs> Karen's living his best life. <laughs> you all descend back to the deck where you find Lucius still trying to fuck around with this door. And Celine, you show them the crate and what you all see is a crate. A three by three by three wooden crate that should have fallen off the deck like all of the other crates that were up here. And yet it sits untouched, unrotted just resting on the deck. 
I assume Celine will point out to you the numbers etched into the underside. Yes. Okay. She would have pointed out the numbers after everyone had caught, caught up with her, if they weren't already behind her. Can I take a closer look at those numbers? Sure. They trying appear to, to be in sequence one through five. Trying to derive anything about them that seems unnatural or abnormal. I mean, aside from the fact that this is a crate that has not succumbed to undersea rot. Roll investigation. better uh 17 the 17 as you're pouring over these numbers getting very close to them trying your damnedest to figure out what the hell is going on you reach out one of your fingers and you lightly graze one of the numbers and you notice it faintly glow and then the glow disappears Vice is going to swim over to Lucius and tap him on the arm. Mm -hmm. And then Vice is going to grab his arm and surface us both. <laughs> Lucius, there's no fight in this. <laughs> Faster than you ever would have expected. You are jettisoned to the surface and then stop suddenly when your head breaches. Oh, you all must have something to say. What's up? You were knocking in a pattern. What yep, was it? there are some numbers on the door. What What were the numbers? Uh, three, three, one, two, four. Three, three, one, two, four. You see something click in Vice's head. And not through malicious intent, he lets go of you. And dive himself back down. <laughs> leaving you to drop to the deck. And Vice is going to go back to the numbers. And remembering 33124. Three, uh, push those numbers in sequence, causing them to light up. Hopefully do something. Upon pressing the four at the end of the sequence, you take four points of lightning damage as you are suddenly zapped. All of the numbers alight in red and then fade to being unlit. The numbers remain, but they all glow in red for a moment and then the light fades. He said three, three, one, two, four, right? That's what he said. In fairness, my character is smarter than I am. <laughs> See, I know that you fucked the sequence because <laughs> I remember the sequence. Vice is going to swim over to you and grab you and take you to the surface again. Are you sure that the numbers were three, three, one, two, four? Uh, 
Can I roll a history check to make certain I remembered it right? Yeah, sure. Four. Yeah, you're not certain anymore. Uh, I may have to check the door again. Let's do that, because that crate fucking hurts. I think that the numbers have something to do with the crate. Well, so let's look. And if I'm just, wrong, I, I guess I, I'm shocked. Just show me, show me fingers of what the numbers are. Okay. And Vice this time, realizing that he can just take you down slowly, will do so. He's going to appear at the uh, door when he gets to it, look over to Vice, and he's going to signal the uh, the numbers. Three, three, two, one, four. And that was great. <laughs> that was that was well played. Uh, Vice will um, push back and head back for the crate and input the numbers three, three, two, one, four. Upon hitting the four and seeing that last number alight in a pale blue. All five numbers glow for a moment in green, and you all hear a loud click from the direction of the door. Who is standing closest to the door? That would be me. Please roll a strength saving throw. Okay, and I believe that would be a 22. Okay, with a 22... You manage to catch yourself on the doorframe as air and water are violently swapped as any air that was left in this room sealed within is suddenly ejected and the volume of water around you rapidly replaces it. This is the most uncomfortable feeling you have ever felt as hundreds of pounds of water rush past you from the front while a mass of air rushes past you from the back it takes you a moment to regain your bearings but you look behind you into the doorframe on which you are holding and there is a small room with what is now practically destroyed stuff inside it DM Yes. Could you ex um, describe the sound of the bubble that Gurn hears? So as you're laying on the deck, strip by strip, chewing on this fish, just big slab of meat, peeling off a slim strip, eating it doing this back and forth. For a moment, you feel the boat sink and rise just a couple of inches, just a sudden up and down with this massive noise and then the hiss of thousands of tiny air bubbles popping all at once. You look over the edge and see this strange foam and disturbance within the water as this massive air broke apart 
as it traveled upward. You look Um, down and you see a string of bubbles leading up from the sunken boat beneath. Garn's going to look around uh, all around the ship and an area just to make sure there's no like threats, physical threats that he can see. From what you can see in these crystal clear waters, there are no threats. But And you are able to see the entirety of your party down on the deck of this sunken ship. And you peel another strip of fish and slowly eat it. The door has been opened. Lucius uh, strides on in. Crystal is going to go swim on in. Slane's going to cautiously follow behind. As you all, one by one, approach or enter this room, you find that it is small. Maybe a 10 by 10 room. Everything within it seems relatively untouched, if not aged. But what you do find, now dashed into the corner of the room, amongst pieces of furniture, and destroyed, just... You may assume at one point this was similar to a small living quarters. You see the remnants of a bed, the remnants of a desk. Pages of books have been shredded and are now being rapidly destroyed, soaking in this water. And you see what is now the pieces of a mummified humanoid floating in these churned waters. Among the remnants of the pieces that have been destroyed, one of you, I don't care whom, happens to grab what may have once been a journal. And etched into the leather binding, in common, reads Captain's Journal. Yes, Lucius will collect the journal. And is the, seeing that it's the captain's journal, he's going to look around. Are there any compasses or maps floating around as well? Roll investigation. While he's doing that, Ma, I want to say Moss is standing like in the doorway so the door can't close just in case they hit a trigger or something. Okay. Uh, I rolled an eight. With an eight, the only things you find are being rapidly destroyed by the water and have been rendered useless as their ink has run. Lucius is going to try to make for the surface to preserve the journal. Okay. Journal in hand, you make up, you make your way up to the surface. Um, is there anything in this room? that could still be of use, or is everything just destroyed? Go ahead and roll investigation. Mm, 
18. With an 18. You kind of rummage through the remains within this room. Damaged furnishings, several boxes. There seems to be a lot of somewhat fancy clothing kind of thrown around. Everything in here has is, is in disarray. But as you're going through, you pick up a small box. Pretty small. And as you pick it up, it's got a weight to it. It's got a heft. And you kind of try to shake it while you're on, underwater. It's not easy, but you try to shake it. And you can just faintly hear clinking of metal from within. The box itself doesn't have a lock on it. Pried open. And a rush of bubbles escapes the box. And within, you see gold. Hundreds of pieces of gold. Selene's going to collect the box and go back to the surface. Before you do. Okay. As you are collecting this box and looking around, you're looking at the pieces of this mummified person. Most of his clothing has succumbed to age. Not necessarily rot, just age. With the exception of a couple of leather braces on what would have been his wrists. And sitting in a scabbard appears to be a rapier that has a particular shine to it that catches your eye. Um. Can I look at it without touching it? I mean, you've got eyes. Well, yeah, can like I get a close enough look, like, to figure out its significance? It's a very shiny sword. Oh, then. you're not you're you're not very fluent in using weapons as you, that was not part of your uh, culture. Then Celine's gonna kind of just leave it alone and go to the surface because okay. she's not messing with the dead guy's weapon. All right. So you make your way to the surface with a small box. You may add 200 gold to your inventory. Moss, Crystal, and Celine. You mean Vice? Vice. Yes, uh, Crystal's, Vice, Crystal, and Moss. Crystal's been just looking around the room at everything in there. Celine, would you have pointed out what you found? I would have, um, I'm assuming Vice is in the room, right? Vice and Crystal? Yes. Um, I would have tapped them both on the shoulder and pointed them in the direction of the sword before kind of directing myself, being like I'm going back up in a way without talking. What type of sword was it? It's a rapier. Uh, Crystal is going to go over and, um, she decides to take it. Okay. This rapier is shiny as all hell, as if it's immune to decay. You would expect some level of oxidation, but there is none. Now she, uh, has a weapon that's actually useful. 
All right, you may add a plus one rapier to your inventory. And you're leaving for the surface? Uh, yes. All right, Vice and Moss. Now that there's more room inside this smaller room, Moss is going to walk over and start patting down the mummified corpse because, you know, captain of a ship might have something valuable on him. Help us figure some things out. Okay. Go ahead and roll investigation. Mind you, the remains of this man have been scattered in the violence of the extrusion of air and water. I, I figured. So you may have to collect pieces before you can investigate. Uh, 15. For the 15, you do notice that the bracers on his wrists have not succumbed to age or decay. But upon his body, you find what appears to be what would have been slightly fancier clothing. His shirt appears to have been made of silk. His trousers are seem to be a finely woven cotton. Whoever this man was clearly had or came from money. With a 15 and the level of decay and size of this man and your familiarity with these kind of things, he died young. You fear he may have been inexperienced, ambitious, whatever he was trying to do here. You do, however, find in the pocket of his trousers a pocket watch, long since stopped, made of solid gold and silver. Okay. I'm also grabbed that. We'll also grab the bracers. Are they leather, actually? Yes. All right, he'll grab the bracers. And... Did he find a cool hat? Surprisingly, no. Okay. Because if he had found a cool hat, he would have taken that as well. <laughs> no, I totally get it. <laughs> but that, that'll be it. And then... Mossel exit the room and look back at Vice. And as he looks back at Vice, he's going to point over to the box. Like the crate, or...? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, Vice is going to cast Dancing Lights inside of the small room and just see if there's anything else that might not have succumbed to, dec to decay. Go ahead and roll investigation. Uh, that is a 14. Sorry, a 14? 14, yes. So as you search through the room, being the last one to pick through it, kind of pushing things aside. With your ability to manipulate the water, it's a bit easier for you. And you push things around and move things, and eventually what you find appears to be a silver letter opener at first. 
but as you hold it, it is lighter than you might have expected. And there appear to be engravings along the handle, though you're not sure what they are. What are your known languages? Um, Elvish and Common. You do not know these engravings. They are not runic in nature. So you don't assume that this is a magical engraving. It appears to be a language. It's just not one that you understand. Are there any books that are undamaged? Most of the books were ripped to shreds. Vice will exit the room. And as he comes to the door, he will push on it to try to close it. And then make his way back over to the crate and re-enter the code 33214. And see if it latches the door. As you punch in the code, the door opens once more. Vice is going to go back over to the door and push it closed and then try to open it with his hand. It does not open. And Vice is going to resurface and get back on the ship uh, (laughs) that he arrived here on (laughs) and feel a little bit stupid but not tell anyone that he closed the door and then opened it again and had to close it a second time. (laughs) Uh, Boss walked over to the crate. (laughs) He pointed to the crate and started making his way towards it. Moss hadn't resurfaced. Oh. He watched me do this. Oh. Vice did not resurface then with Moss right there, but Moss watched him close the door, push in the code, and then close the door again. While this was happening, did anything about the crate change at all? (laughs) If you were watching the crate intently... When Vice first closed the door, the numbers on the crate flashed for a moment and then went out again. Okay. That's basically what Moss wanted to know. (laughs) And then they did it again when he closed the door the second time. (laughs) So now Moss will resurface with Vice. (laughs) Alright. As you all resurface new items in hand dripping wet Vice and Moss you are among the last to get back on board and you look over at Gurn happily sitting on the deck of the ship eating a fish steak strip by strip and with that we are going to take our break we will be back in a few minutes after we consult with our script writers. We'll see him in a bit. Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that was a great itch to scratch. Ugh. And welcome back to whatever the hell intro that was. Thank you for that, Zephyr. Oh, we're, we're, we're on the air. Sorry. Yeah, we were on air right when you said that, so that's that's cool. 
and welcome back to Night Owl Nerds. We've come back from our break. We've settled a few disputes. Fired another writer. What? Fucking Marcus. Marcus had to go. Oh. Like, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't doing a nude scene. See, he I thought we fired even... him because we caught him drinking the little half and half cups for the coffee. Yeah. No, we fired him because we caught him drinking and then refilling the little milk cups. Yeah, we don't talk about that. That's a discussion (laughs) for HR. We'll get there. We have an HR? I thought I'd be a phone loop. It is a phone loop, but the real HR is a secret. Anyway, I'm going to have to set up a freaking NDA. That being said, are we all ready to jump back into this? Oh, yeah. The script says yes. Good. I'm glad you're actually reading your script, John. All right. And so we return to our main campaign. Zandy, take a deep breath. Stop it with the damn cue cards. Viking. All right. It's Seamus, dude. It's not my fault. Uh I have to do what I'm told. Now that we are back to our main campaign. As you have all resurfaced and reconvened on the surface of your own boat, some of you holding new items, what would you all like to do? Lucius would like to try to uh, read the journal. You're just going to open it right up? Yeah. All right. As you open the book... The leather binding on it seems tough. The paper inside, however, most of it falls out, with the exception of a handful of pages towards the middle of the book. As you examine the pages that have fallen out around your feet, you find that the ink has thoroughly run, and they are illegible. However, the pages that remain within the book, you can just barely make out a couple of entries. Dave, do you want me to type them out for you, or do you want me to read them out for you? Uh, You can uh, read them out. The first entry that is legible. Day 25. We're making good headway towards the fabled tower. We've seen a few creatures that have tried to stop us along the way, but they have been no issue for the wizards that we brought along on our crew. The next entry. Day 46. A massive storm seems to have thrown us off course. We are significantly farther north than I would have expected. And now we have to backtrack to regain our bearings, as the constant cloud cover is preventing navigation. Day 50. Cloud cover has not ceased. We're having trouble maintaining our bearings, and the wind is never in our favor. I believe we are going to drop anchor and wait out the storm. Day 75. 
rations were running extremely low. Even the fish seemed to stray away from our boat. We were having a harder and harder time gathering food for the crew. Four of them have already succumbed to hunger. The storm has not let up. Day 105. More than half of the crew has succumbed to hunger. We may not be able to operate this ship any longer. Something seems intent on preventing us from reaching this fabled tower. Day 110. Our ship was attacked by a massive serpent. I have sealed myself inside my room, but I don't know that anybody outside will survive long enough to set to free me from it. I fear this may become my grave. He's going to close the book, set it to the side, and looks over to Moss. Uh, just to let you all know, the captain of this ship was a coward let his men die while he hid in safety of his cabin. But apparently they were making for the tower as well. And a whole bunch of similar things that have uh, bumped into us and bumped into them. I... Pretty certain we're going to be bumping into some pretty bad storms shortly. Something did not want them to reach that tower. For a man who speaks of honor and fighting in honorable ways, you are a very dishonorable soul. The man locked himself in the room while the rest of his crew died. That man is also dead. In your mind, I'm sure that's a fate fitting of a coward. Show him some respect, he's dead. On top of that, he died a probably a much worse death than a lot of them he did. Yep. Yeah. I won't disagree with that. <clears throat> but either way, they were ill-equipped or unprepared for what they encountered. I don't think they could have been equipped well enough to handle it. I think we need to prepare ourselves for something pretty bad coming up as well. Wouldn't likely. Maybe we get lucky and our boat's small enough to not be noticed. There's always that bit of help. Perhaps it was the tower itself protecting. That's kind of what I was thinking. Moss, take a look at this and 
Vice will hand you the letter opener he found. I'm gonna get back to moving us along. Lucius is going to strip down to just his un- underwear to hang his clothes up to dry and start cleaning up his armor to keep it from rusting. Okay. Vice will dive off the back of the ship, waiting a few moments, and then slowly launching the ship forward and continuing through the lake. Moss will take a look at the thing he was handed. Well, you have been handled as what vice described is somewhat like a letter opener it seems like an extremely sleek knife small double bladed or double edged incredibly shiny whatever metal this is is almost silver with the slightest green tinge to it and it appears to have engravings just underneath the uh, arson. Help me out. The blade. The the blade guard. Uh, help. What languages do you speak? Common and Aquan. You do not recognize the language written on this. Mossel tucked that into his bag along with the, uh... Well, he'll tuck that in his bag, and... These leather braces, from what you described, these are not gonna fit Moss. Like, a smaller humanoid. By D&D definition, magical items will magically resize themselves to fit whoever decides to wear them. Figure like magical ring will fit whatever finger you put it on. Yeah. Same same deal. He's going to tuck those away too. But he's going to pull out the uh, pocket watch. Okay. Now is this the type with a cover or without a cover? That's with a cover. Alright. Incredibly ornately engraved. He's going to see if the cover will open. Yeah, you press the little button and it pops open. You see drops of water drip out of it, and it it would seem that some water got behind the face of the watch. Is there anything engraved on, like, the backside of the cover? No. It's clearly stopped a while ago. Is it a windable watch? Oh, yeah. Moss is going to wind it and see if it starts again. Okay. You start to wind the watch and set it. It doesn't start ticking. Okay. And the engraving on the cover, is there anything like initials, anything like that, or just a nicely engraved watch? It's it, there are no signifying marks. It's almost a paisley design of interwoven gold and silver. It's incredibly fancy, but there doesn't seem to be any signifiers to who made it. Okay. 
so Moss will put that in his bag too and just kind of go along for the ride. Kern, Selene, Crystal. Crystal is uh, sitting down trying to figure out um, how she would secure her new weapon onto her. Yeah, you lack a scabbard. Yeah. She probably has some, like, string of or rope of some kind, like, a thin, mostly decorative piece that she could try to use to secure it to like her belt just given, for a temporary given the items in your inventory it would be pretty easy for you to pull together some string or something to kind of latch this thing onto your belt yeah so it's it's not too difficult it's a little ramshackle but it'll hold it's mostly for temporary until she could get something better. Yeah. Celine, Kern. Kern is just lounging. Nothing crazy's going on. We're just scooting along. He's uh admiring the dragon eel tooth. And eating some salted fish. Alright. Um, Celine would have put the box and the gold in her bag. Um, she would be sitting at the bow of the boat. Yeah. Yep. Um, just kind of looking out, uh, she would have been trying to dry her hair and kind of putting it in a braid um kind of just sitting out in the sun letting her skin dry a little bit okay. um there would be a slight silvery glisten going down both of her arms that no one had noticed before if they were paying attention but other than that she's just kind of staring out to see well not the sea but the you Wait. squint your eyes quite a bit as the yeah. bright daylight hurts your very sensitive eyes. And the shimmer from the ink on your arms is only adding to the discomfort in your vision. But you're doing your best to, to look out and enjoy the scenery and the sunlight. Yeah. Would anything like to be done during the rest of this day's travel? As you all ponder your findings and apparent revelations. Uh, not me. Just gonna relax out in the sun as the boat moves along. just relaxing 
Selenar, your tattoos just on your upper body and arms, or do you have them on legs as well? Um, they go from her both her shoulders all the way down to her hands, and that's it. But they cover the entirety of her shoulders and her arms. And then just the part of her hands. So anybody paying attention to Selene at the front of the boat, as you all move forward, occasionally you would all glance forward. Every once in a while, you notice that her bare arms quite literally shine in the sunlight. Wait, so she's camel shifted? No. No, she's in her drow form. Oh. She's just kind of trying to enjoy the scenery, drying her hair, trying to dry herself off the best that she can while she's squinting. Probably would have put her cloak on because the sun would have hurt her eyes too much. But only kind of like over her shoulders. Gern gets up from the side of the boat where he was sitting, makes his way over to Celine. Kind of quietly. Um, not sure if you would notice that he got there, depending on how focused you are in the scenery. She's not really focused. She would have heard you probably walking in. I mean, it's a small boat, so you're. Probably everything on the boat, I imagine. Gern reaches out and like brushes his finger over your tattoo. Because Gern's never seen tattoos before. I'm gonna look up at Gern. You okay, Gern? Um, did they hurt? Um, at first, but after a while, no. Burn doesn't really know like understand what it is so like when when he asks that he turns and he lifts his back up like the back of his shirt up and you see his back is like really torn up and just like straight up scar tissue and he's looking at you having these tattoos as him having scars. So he thinks that that's the correlation. Like, these are actually healed wounds that you've had. Uh, can I investigate? I don't know if that's where Gurn's back and kind of decipher where the wounds came from. Just by looking at them, considering how many wounds I've healed and treated. All medicine. Okay. I got a 13. 
these markings trigger a particular memory in your mind of a young drow who had wandered into a part of the forest that the elders had warned him not to go into, as it was rife with plant-like creatures that relished using vines to whip and capture prey. You had been the one to tend to his wounds, and these markings on Gurn's back remind you very much of that young boy who had been struck with a long, thin implement. Um... I'm gonna go back to facing Gurn's front and kind of look into his eyes. Where did you get these? Like, what happens? Burn was to work, and if Gurn didn't do it, it opened up him, and he bleed. Someone hit you. Is that what you're saying? They hit all of them. Half. They call... They call Gurn half. And... They kill a lot of them. Gurn almost. But uh, the goblin saved me. But Gurn was. Gurn. Gurn do be hit for. And he holds up his fingers to show you a, about nine to ten. Gurn was, was there for done and he was sent out. And with that, Gurn's face kind of loses all of its emotion. You can see that he's kind of, like, sunk back into himself, and he just kind of shakes his head and looks back over at your arms, and... You'll get hit. Um... I'm gonna look at Gurren trying to understand what he was trying to tell me. And take take me a moment to process everything he said. Um, no, actually, uh, this is from my home. Actually, my tribe does ceremonies when you complete an accomplishment, and it's like a reward. And then basically every single time you 
complete a good thing, they put a special runic symbol on you marking what you completed. So, no, no one hurt me. So, you got them for good? Yes. Gern got his from his home, too. I'm sorry you had to go through that, Gern. Those sound like terrible people. And it doesn't sound like you deserve that, either. But at least you found the goblins, and at least they saved you. Gern just kind of gives you a like a slight smirk, but then you see it recede back into a bit of a blank stare as he shakes his head. None of us would ever hurt you like that, Gern. Gern, no. Gern, just not. Gern, no, how to say. He shakes his head. It's okay, Gern. It seems like it's difficult to talk about, but I am here if you ever want to talk. I know that sometimes it's hard to talk about home or where you come from. I realize I still don't really know a lot about you. Or not share too much. <laughs> but Gurn will learn to Well, we're definitely all here to help you. In any way we can. As well. How do you get the color in? Is um, not same as skin? Um. Well. Everybody in my tribe has dark skin like I do so it didn't really make a lot of sense to use dark on dark so I'm trying to think how to describe it but they use this special material to put Silver and ink to make it glisten, I guess. I don't really know how to describe that. Your, <clears throat> your tribe uses a combination of special natural binding agents and powdered mica. Okay. 
And then that's where like the glow comes from and all that. The silvery sheen comes from the mica. Okay. You've seen it in sand. It's actually a lot of what makes the sand, at least in our real world region, it's what makes it shimmer. Um, my tribe used binding uh, materials and then a thing called powdered mica to make the silvery sheen make it kind of shiny the way you see it. It's a special material my tribe had that we found along the sandy beaches, I guess. May we sometime, Gurn, get color in his. Perhaps one day, if I can find the right materials, I can maybe give you a rune as well. So that you can have a little bit of color on your skin. You see a slight smile crack in Gurn's face, and then Gurn would have good one from family. Yes. <clears throat> it might be a while, though, because finding the materials right now is a little difficult. No, it's okay. We are on the boat. There is no... Um, you... Um, Bun and Micah. No, not here. Perhaps if we reach the city at some point. I'm sure we'll find what we're looking for. And Garn just kind of peers out over the ocean with you at this moment. If nothing else would like to be done for the day, we can move on to the night. As Vice, you... See the light within the, within the waters dwindling. Sunset approaches. You feel that it's time to reboard the ship and get yourself some rest. I'll go ahead and do first watch for y'all. Are you sure? Because you did all the watches the night before. I didn't really get a lot of sleep, so... One of you go rest for a bit, and then I'll wake you. I don't mind taking first watch. Okay, then. That sounds good to me. It's gonna lean up uh, against the, uh, in the, uh, in the middle of the deck near the mast, the center, and just fall asleep. The, the, the ship has no mast. <laughs> Not a <Just> sailboat. <laughs> Center of the ship, then. Okay. He's going to sleep on the 
<clears throat> he's going to sleep on the grating for the cargo hold and just hope it doesn't cave in. Vice is going to precariously file the grate on the cargo hold. So when he <laughs> shifts his weight in his sleep, he will come crashing down. Oh, that'll ruin everybody's long rest. Vice is just going to take up a fucking bunk downstairs. Yeah, Crystal's going to go downstairs and sleep. When uh, Vice goes downstairs, Moss is going to follow him. Creepy, but okay. Oh, oh. Oh, I looked at your uh, thing you gave me. I can't read it. I have no idea what it says. Shiny dagger, I guess. I don't know. Um, I did want to give you something, though. Because you... I, I will gladly accept a hug. <clears throat> well, I mean, I'll give you that, too, if you want. But, uh... Because you... Seems like you need a little more. I guess. Mm, or... Just, I don't know. You seem to be getting knocked out a lot. They just turn around and you're on the ground bleeding. Are you saying I'm not strong because I couldn't throw an anchor overboard? No, I'm saying, like, it seems like in the last couple fights we've had, you've gone down and almost died. It seems like Vice needs to stay off of the front You are tiny. <laughs> I didn't realize you were down here, Gun. <laughs> you hide in the shadows very well. But I Gurn says right. that as he steps out of the staircase <laughs> coming below deck. Moss will reach into his bag and grab the leather bracers. I think you would probably benefit from these more than I would. I mean, if they can withstand being in the water for that long, they're probably pretty good. You don't think they clash with my jacket that's still up on the upper deck? Uh, I think they work well together. Alright. And Vice will take them and put them on. All right, Vice, I have dropped the item into your inventory. Sick nasty. And if you insist on, you know, coming up and fighting with me and Gerd, probably going to need a little something that does some more damage. And Moss is going to reach into the bag of holding and pull out Shatton's rapier. And he's going to hand it to you. So, honestly, out of everybody, I think she'd probably want you to have it. Played the most jokes on you, which means she liked you the best. As you offer Shatten's rapier to Vice, 
you can like see um, a tear forming like in the pit of his eye the thought of that and it slowly goes down his face before freezing about halfway down his cheek and then falling off and shattering on the wooden floor beneath us. Uh, but he will accept it. Because I don't think you've noticed yet that you go into your bag. She asked me to do one more thing for her. Yeah, I'll just let you check that out. And then Moss will walk up and go up on deck. Vice is going to look at his bag and... I forget what... what it's a Moss potato. Did. It's oh. the potato. <laughs> so there's a fucking, like... Which, at this point... rotting potato! At this point, this potato is not necessarily rotted. It has dehydrated, and... It had sprouted eyes, which are now becoming small tendrils of plant as this potato is trying to grow in the bottom of your satchel. <laughs> Fucking shit. Why is it going to leave it there? Okay. Fuck it. It'll be a problem for later. Okay. You have a small potato plant growing in your bag. I'm going to have a sentient potato in my bag soon. Don't worry. Oh, that's where Shatten's soul actually went. <laughs> You're going to pull it out. It's going to have a face. It starts talking to you. You have um... little potato ears. Hello, Faz. <laughs> I am the potato of the bag. Its entire job is to maintain inventory of your bag. <laughs> Just reach in, consult the potato, and it tells you what you've got. It's like a bag of holding, but it's sentient. And also not at all a bag of holding. You reach into the potato. Because the potato is a bag of holding. <laughs> it's, it's a potato of holding. It makes uh, a little Pillberry Doughboy noise. <laughs> it's a tuber tote. Oh my god. Oh, Titan, save me. Would anything else like to be done with this evening? Crystal, are you doing anything fancy? She's sleeping. Fancy sleeping, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting her beauty sleep. Yeah, okay. Moss will just look at Celine and say, I'll tell Lucius I'll take third watch, and then plop down on the deck and into his shell. Does he actually make that noise when he goes into a shell? Every time. That's a standard thing? Yep. Okay. It's canon cool. You should make the noise every time he goes to sleep then. <laughs> Alright. Celine, you're up first. As everybody else bunks down, goes down to the lower decks, or just into their shell... You begin your watch as the sun drops below the mountain range and the valley is cast in shadow. Onyx actually flies in and instead of landing on the railing next to you, lands on the deck 
and clutched in his talons is a small fish, which he begins tearing into. Perception check for your watch, please. Uh, 22. The 22. The stars overhead begin to poke out and begin overtaking the night sky. The moon overhead affords you a fair amount of light. You can see across the lake for miles. There are little to no disturbances in the water. However, what you do notice is that as night begins to fall, the temperature also begins to drop a bit more rapidly than it had on previous nights. And you see a fog begin to overtake the lake. Your visibility over time is reduced. But otherwise, the lake remains quiet. Is there anything you'd like to do with your watch? Um, she would have pulled out her journal and started writing it about the some of the events of today. As it had been a while since she's written in her journal. Okay. You said there was fog? Yes, a, a gentle fog is rising from the lake. And can I see through it or no? Not necessarily. It's fog. No, I just I wasn't sure how thick it was. It's not incredibly thick. Okay. But it is obscuring your vision to a point. Alright. Um... Before writing in a journal, she probably would have pulled well, she would have pulled on her cloak to get herself a little bit warmer. Um and then started writing in her journal. But other than that, she's not doing much other than looking at the stars and remembering what Lucius had said about the constellations while she tries to find her own, I guess. Alright, so as you scribble in your journal, you look up at the stars. This fog that I mentioned, imagine, you know that like fog that you see over a large body of water when there's a temperature difference? Yeah. That kind of thing. It's a low-lying okay. fog. Okay. I wasn't sure. That's yeah, why I was trying it's, to like, it's be like, not oh. like... It's not like you can't see the sky. It's just that like, there's a fog growing over the surface of the water. Okay. So as you're doing this, time passes. And you ponder on what Lucius had mentioned about how the stars tell stories. And you start looking up and you try to find your own shapes connected them to your own history, to your own culture. You may come up with a couple stories here and there of a, of a great hunter. People that may have fallen while trying to protect the tribe. Before long, you realize that you've kind of lost track of time. And maybe time to awaken Lucius for his watch. She would have 
closed the ink and made sure that the ink in her journal was dry first before putting it away. Good idea. Um, and then she would have put it back in her bag, gone over to Lucius and gently tapped him on the shoulder. Time to get up already. Yeah, I kind of lost track of time. Didn't even realize how late it was. But yeah, it's your turn. Uh, Moss mentioned to wake him for a third watch. Will do. Um, He gets up and he's the first thing he does is heads over to feed uh, Jacqueline. Uh, Selene's going to find a spot somewhere. Actually, no. She's going to go below deck this time, actually. And find a better something to go in her dark meditation. Or not dark meditation, but meditation thing that she does. Find a dark spot to do her meditation. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, it's nighttime, so there's plenty of dark spots to choose from. (laughs) As the moon sits high, the lake is given an eerie silver glow as the fog that rests a few feet over the surface of the water has almost completely encompassed the boat at this point. Lucius, if you could roll perception for your watch. Ooh. Let's see here. Some tricky math going on here. And that would be a 10. With a 10, your night goes by relatively quietly. Not much stirs. The fog seems to add to what you've grown accustomed to be a very peaceful lake for most of the time. This fog seems to amplify that. It almost silences everything around you, even the gentle lapping of the water against the sides of the boat. It's almost like there's almost nothing out here. The silence is practically deafening. What you find curious is that there appears to also be no wind. It's in previous days there had been a consistent, gentle breeze. In this moment, there is stillness is there any spare wood chips or anything on the deck like obviously there's no rocks or anything but you know like debris or something I mean I don't know I feel like Moss keeps a pretty tight ship in that case he's gonna reach into his own gear pull out like a copper coin and he's gonna toss it into the water and listen. Maybe you flip it into the fog and you hear it hit the water with a light splash. That's about it. There doesn't seem to be anything unnatural about this fog. It's just a strange feeling. Hmm. This feels like a fog of war. I do not like not seeing what's around me. He's gonna try to focus more on the uh, surroundings and listening. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. You hear the occasional ruffle of feathers from uh, Selim's recently acquired pet bird, as far as you know. You might hear a gentle as Moss shifts in his sleep. Other than that, the night is silent. He's gonna hum himself uh, um, a marching tune uh, as uh, to calm, him, calm his nerves. He does not like this silence. Other than that, that's pretty much what he'll be doing. As you hum to try to break the silence, give yourself some semblance of sanity. Celine, did you ever tell Lucius that Moss was taking third? Yes. Okay. As I was heading below deck, I turned around and told him to wake Moss for third. All right. With that. Time seems to drag so very long for you, Lucius. But eventually you do feel that it is time to awaken Moss. So he's gonna make his way down below deck and he's gonna knock on uh, his uh, shell. Moss is actually on the deck, but yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. He goes down deck, sees he's not there, comes up, finds him. Uh, time to get up. My turn. Uh, <clears throat> Alright, get some sleep. And Lucius will make his way over to, uh, over the grate again. Nice. Uh, that's a nice little breeze between the knees for him. And he uh, lays back down and goes to sleep. Alright. Tomas, you be your shell. <clears throat> Not gonna let you live that one down. And if you could roll perception for your watch. Seventeen. All right. You are all too familiar with this type of fog. This is the kind of thing that happens over large bodies of water when there's a shift in the temperature. And you know there has been, as you are a bit chilly. Not cold, but... The nights are certainly getting cooler. Especially as you continue to travel slightly north. Is there anything you would like to do with your watch before <laughs> I continue? Fog is always good fishing weather, so Moss will do some catch and release fishing. Unless he finds one that catches one that looks tasty. Roll survival. Uh, 21. With a 21, you catch at least three fish that look tasty. 
You catch several others that are significantly smaller, and you're you're getting your, you know, your fun out of catch and release. If you choose to keep the three that are sizable enough for a meal, that it's up to you. You know full well you still have more than half of a sturgeon sitting below decks. Moss will probably just keep one of them just to have some fresh fish for breakfast. That's fair. As the night progresses, the sky begins to lighten as the sun begins to approach. However, as you look westward with the sun at your back, or almost at your back, you look forward in the direction you have been heading, and you notice a thick cloud cover rolling in your direction. As the stars are blotted out under dark gray clouds, Lucius, did you read aloud the entries from the journal, or did you strictly call him a coward? I strictly called him a coward, and I uh, pretty much gave a summary of the of the uh, of of what happened to the ship. Did you mention the storms? I did. So, Moss, as you look out on these clouds, you think back to what Lucius had read from that book or summarized from that journal. And you wonder if this is the same storm that deterred the vessel you explored just earlier that day. How far out does it look? Um, thanks to your vantage point and the fact that there are no obstructions, it looks like you will impact these clouds within half a day to a day's travel. So within the next day's travel, you will impact this storm. Okay. In that case, Moss will just wait for people to wake up. Okay. As the hours roll on, the sun slowly creeps up. Eventually, it breaches the horizon. Those warm. Those warm rays of light hit the back of your shell and you begin to feel a bit of relief from the overnight chill. Notice that you are covered in condensation from the fog around you. And it's a warm memory for you, waking up on mornings like this with your father. The remainder of the party begins to stir and a new day has dawned. <clears throat> Once everybody gets on deck, Marcel turn to them and be like, well, looks like we got a storm heading towards us. be related to the tower and what happened to that other ship. That's kind of what I was thinking. Luckily for us, we're not 
reliant on wind. Plus, it just depends if Vice is going to be safe in the water or not. Well, you seem more familiar with sailing. What do you suggest we do? Kind of going to get there either way. And as we just described from what he read, dropping an anchor and waiting it out isn't going to work. So I think we kind of got to move through it. I mean, maybe we can row through it. I don't know. Depends how bad it is. Just in case, I think we should go ahead and prepare ourselves some uh, spells to assist. Maybe some water breathing. I can cast water walking if necessary. Agreed. I could easily do that. I think uh, let's go ahead and push on forward. Whenever you're ready there, Vice. If you feel comfortable, if not, we can row. The boat has been moving for about the last 30 seconds. Oh. As Vice, as soon as... Uh, it was said that we can't drop anchor and wait it out. Vice just went in the water and started moving the boat. Good, efficient work right there. Vice knows his role. Apparently it's to push a boat. I'm going to go up to the front of the ship and keep an eye out for anything that might be coming towards us. Suggest somebody does the same to the back. Lucius will move to the rear. Alright. As the day progresses, Vice pushing the boat along, Moss and Lucius keeping a keen eye out for any potential threats. At about halfway through the day, for the first time in days, miles of travel, the waters begin to get choppy. Swells within the water, breaking, as the surface undulates beneath the surface of the boat. Anybody who decides to look over the edge will notice that these undulations seem to have no effect on the boat. Vice and his ability to move the boat through this water seems to maintain a swell beneath it, keeping it just inches above the highest points of these swells, preventing it from being impacted by them. It is almost as if the boat is being allowed to cut through and between these disruptions. But as you grow closer and closer to this wall of clouds ahead of you, the wind begins to pick up and seems to push against the boat, seemingly trying to deter it away 
from this storm. Rain begins to fall, and you begin to hear thunder in the distance. Vice, I need you to roll a strength saving throw. However, I need you to add five to it. Uh, 24. With a 24, you seem to have no problem continuing to push the boat forward. Even with these very strong winds pressing against the boat from the front. Anyone who remains on the surf on the uh, on the upper decks of the boat, you're beginning to get very wet as torrential rain begins to pour down upon you. Go you little shit. The dark clouds completely block out the sky as you pass underneath them. Flashes of lightning strike down, crashing into the water around you, but never actually hitting the boat. You seem to be cutting through this storm, as it seems as if this weather system is doing everything, almost everything it can to prevent you from moving forward. Is there anything you would like to do in this moment? As you stand here, being pelted with rain and wind, and begin to hear the wood of the boat creaking. Nice. Moss is going to tie himself out, take a rope and tie it around his waist and then tie it to the uh, railing. Okay. And then like hold on to the railing at the front of the boat, still trying to see whatever he can see in front. Uh... Lucius is going to cast Enhance Ability on himself with full strength. All right. As he uh, holds on, as he as he as well holds on to the uh, what he can on the ship. Crystal's yeah, going to go slightly below deck just to get out of the pouring rain. Slightly below deck, like you're going to walk into the stairwell. Yes. Okay. Same with Gurn. He's going to brace himself between the two walls to uh, keep him stable. Yeah, Crystal's holding on to the... I'm guessing there's a railing. Yeah. Yeah, so she's holding on to that. Can I... I'm trying to figure out how to do this. Brave decision. <laughs> uh so I I was thinking about casting control water and then redirect flow was the effect that I was gonna plan on going for as a way to like either redirect the wind away from the boat or not the wind the water the rain away from the boat or 
redirecting the flow of the rough water away from the boat, but I'm not sure. I don't know if, sure if either of those effects would work with control water. So you wouldn't necessarily be able to control the rain as control water affects a particular volume of, of water as it stands. If you were to try to cast it on the rain, it would work on a single droplet. Oh, yeah. Because they're they're not connected to each other. Um, you could try to redirect flow behind the boat to help assist Vice pushing the boat forward if you wanted to. Why do I do that? That seems like the best option. Okay. To do so, you would have to be on the upper decks. I'm already on the upper deck. Okay. Do I have to be at the rear? It would make the most logical sense to be at the stern. All right. Then I will uh, make my way to the stern. Um... And then I will cast control water. Okay. So, Vice, as you're pushing this boat forward, when you're in the water pushing the boat forward on any other normal day, it's an effort without being an effort. It's more like a conscious feeling. But in this moment where you are much more conscious of what you're doing to make sure that the boat stays steady as it cuts through these waves as this storm works its way into becoming a tempest. You suddenly feel as if there's a push behind you, as if something else is trying to get you moving forward. You feel a secondary magical influence, if only for a short period, helping you forward. It lasts as long as I stay concentrated. For up to? Up to 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, Lucius is going to move himself closer to stand uh, next to her and be prepared to catch her in case she gets tossed or something. Okay. As the boat lunges forward and continues cutting through the water, Selene assisting with her spell work to give Vice that extra push. Vice, Lucius, Celine, and Moss. Actually, you know what? Everybody. I need you to make dexterity saving throws. Wrong with that. Even Crystal, who's like below deck, all state gathering. Oh, okay. Actually, no, not dexterity. Strength. That's more fitting to this scenario. Um, you can work with that. Can't tell what number that is. Um, okay. Um, you said a strength. Mm-hmm. Vice, due to Celine's assistance, plus seven. Ouch. Twenty-two for Gern. Twelve for Crystal. Me too. 
for our Lucius. 23 for Moss. Selene out of 13. Mm -hmm. Vice. I got a rock. I, I, I have eight. You rolled a natural one. Yeah. Okay. As you are cutting through the water, the waves crashing against the bow of the ship, it would seem that the extra exertion and concentration required by Vice to keep this boat moving forward takes his focus away for just a moment. Vice, you feel the water that surrounds you, that is you, pull away for just a moment. And in your melded form, you look ahead and notice a large wave pulling back and then moving forward, crashing into the bow of the boat. You are unable to maintain control and prevent the boat from shifting. Those of you who rolled above a 15, maintain your positions. Crystal, you are within the stairwell of the boat. You are tossed and slammed against the interior of the stairwell, taking six points of bludgeoning damage. Celine, you are thrown from the stern of the boat. I would like to make an attempt to catch her. You may use your reaction to attempt to do so. Please make an athletics check. Uh, that's going to be a 19. In a split second, Celine, as you are thrown from the boat, you feel a hard grip around one of your wrists. And in that split second, you look up and see Lucius holding onto your arm as you are hanging off the backside of the boat. As the boat is jostled back and forth, Vice, you lose your hold on the boat for a moment, and it is tossed side to side. You eventually manage to grab hold of the boat once again, and you stop moving holding it steady, trying to prevent it from being tossed any further. Moss, you look around. The bow of the boat has begun to crack. This impact has damaged one of the structural beams. As the storm rages around you, pouring rain upon you, Celine okay. hanging off the backside, Crystal slightly dazed from slamming into the inner walls, You all think back to the shipwreck that you found just yesterday and wonder if this will be your fate. And that is where we're going to end tonight's session. Well, I have full confidence we're just going to wave this issue away. It's... Thank can, you for that, Zephyr. Can, can Lucius swing Celine back onto the ship and in doing so, fall off and drown? <laughs> Just for that pun. 
I mean, like a sacrificial save. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it'll fit with the uh, current situation. <laughs> I gotta point something out. I'm surprised that you didn't make any knock knock jokes when we were talking about knocking on the door. Don't give him ideas. He doesn't need them. <laughs> no, I I restrained myself. I was oh. gonna make a joke about some knockers, but. <laughs> Oh my <laughs> lords. Oh god. I'm going to but. plop you guys in the overworld real quick. Oh shit. Oh. Are we close? Oh. We're going to die. You guys have just breached the edge of the storm. You are two days travel away. I hope we ram directly into that small island and we all drown to death. <laughs> Xander, why are you chanting TPK in the chat? Because <laughs> apparently that's that's just what we're aiming for. Uh, apparently. Apparently we're just all dust like, and die. We're in a fucking tempest. Two days travel with the weakest fucking party member pushing a boat, we're gonna die. Hey, I was like, hoping until I got knocked off. We're gonna die. Oh well. Reset. Next campaign. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Xander, you prepared to run the next campaign? Yeah, I'm a TPK like five minutes into the first the first episode. <laughs> Everyone's gonna get smoked by meteors. Oh, at smoked. level one. Yeah, it's, it's the past tense of smite. Wait, so you mean it's going to be a character in the universe that our Christmas one shot was in, and it's gonna start <laughs> right as we wake up as yeah. evil Santa bombs be, the world? You guys are gonna be at the North Pole. And you're going to meet in a tavern and you're going to be like, we've got to go save somebody <laughs> as a meteor crashes through the tavern. <laughs> Campaign over. Uh, I'll schedule oh. that night off. <laughs> I don't think I can make that. I, I'm busy with anything else. That's crazy. <laughs> Sounds fun. Speaking of scheduling, next week we're set for campaign again. Look at us go. Yay. We got through Great, two guys. days. The last Yay. The last game of the campaign is next Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Where we all succumb to weather. Yeah, yeah. Fight fuck monster encounters. You guys yeah. did just fine against a fucking dragon eel. But a fucking yeah. rainy day, that's what's going to take you. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, a it's rainy, day. Just, rainy day on a goddamn paper mache boat. Yeah, that just broke the boat. <laughs> like, like, by the way, the boat is cracked. But don't worry, you'll be fine. Like, that's not Zero how that works. Like, no, that's not how that works. Saving throws in the next campaign game. 
Okay, all right. Another saving throw. Another one. Say, before we close out, Grave, I had mentioned to you that I have a fair amount more combat prepared. And you may have noticed that what you guys may have expected to be a combat-heavy knight had none. Yeah. I'm fairly disappointed in that, actually. You can thank your double natural 20s. Oh. (laughs) It's my fault, then. (laughs) Fuck. It's bullshit. So her natural 20s kept danger away. Her natural twenties. Her natural twenties determined that you would find the shipwreck and not the shallows. And then her second natural twenty determined that the denizens that have since inhabited this shipwreck were out hunting. <clears throat> Where the fuck was the sunny day with no storm, Celine? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Where the fuck was that roll? <laughs> I didn't get that roll. There was no roll. You can for give that. me that option. Yeah, there's there's no roll for that. That's just how he's killing us all. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Vice is just gonna leave. Like, if the boat snaps in half, Vice is just going for the tower. Will you push Garn along? <laughs> He'll keep his head above water. No, I'll just, you know, cast water breathing on you guys again. You're good. Yeah, it's only 24 hours of constant motion because you can't stop while you're drown. If you go that route, that's 24 hours, hoping that Vice can push you all individually at the same pace. It's one thing to take a single boat that's already designed for watery travel. And push it like that. Yeah, we'll just find the biggest board. All hang on to the board. <laughs> all of us get onto we'll, a door. Uh, no, we'll as long as it's not a door. Hang on to fucking the turtle. <laughs> Duh. What are we gonna do about Jacqueline? She's dead. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my she god! Did Jacqueline make the saving throw? <laughs> Actually, let me go ahead and roll that. <laughs> Oh God! Zero, uh, did you forget about Jacqueline? I did. Unless my bird's okay, my bird. She was on the top. Be like, Fuck this. She was no. on the top back. No, to... she's been staying under the deck the whole time. He, he's been going oh, down to the pier. Okay. I'm sorry. He's been doing what to his ass? <laughs> going down. <laughs> he's been going down. Uh, into it. She rolled an eight. Oh. Jacqueline got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> Jacqueline lost her balance off a fucking wall, bud. <laughs> she wasn't tied up properly. She takes two hold points on. of bludgeoning damage. Hold on, hold on, hold on. She, um, apparently, she gets uh, advantage on strength thro- checks. On saving throws. On strength saving throws. Mules get a fucking advantage on strength saving throws. Yeah. Um. That was an eleven. Still fails, takes two points of bludgeoning damage. Get fucked. That's Ash. just it. 
in this particular situation, it's more risky to be on the deck of the ship because you can be tossed off. If you're below decks and you fail to save, you're thrown against the wall taking 1d6. Sorry, Arson. Rolled max on you. <laughs> it's okay. At least you could survive that. All right, sign us off. I'm tired. I want to go to bed. Unlike Vice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Vice would have died from that. Anyway, thank you all for joining us as we roll through the night. We will be back next week with a continuation of Fate Split. And hopefully I don't TPK the party with a thunderstorm. <laughs> Until then, thank you all and good night. It's a tempest. It's a tempest. Yeah, we haven't gotten to the tempest yet. Great book.